Burquist. This is my show. It's our Friday around these parts, at least. And man, I don't even, I don't even know how we're going to get to all that we have to get to today. So you know what? We're just going to do it. We're just going to hustle. We're just going to go, Tom. Tom here I'm in ready. studio. Disco out of studio. Hoping we have him back next week. We got Scott Pressler who's joining us here in just a few seconds, which is going to be awesome. Come on over, rumble.com forward slash Drew Berkowitz if you're on one of the other platforms. We engage more over here. It's not that we don't like you elsewhere. It's just there's only so many screens. There's, there's actually like 20 screens in here, but it's hard to read them all. So come on over, spend some time with us. Tons to get to today. New information shows at least 40 FBI informants reported on the Biden family over the years. Of course, nothing was done with the information. We'll discuss that. At least 22 are dead. Uh, excuse me, it's now. I think it's 16 now um, in, in Maine after a shooting that spanned two locations. We'll discuss the latest, how Gavin Newsom, how Kamala, how so many people wasted no time making it about gun control. Tragic thing nonetheless, but we're going to talk about it. There's new developments overseas. Wait till you hear what the Palestinian Authority, uh, their foreign minister, said to the Hague. He was over there bitching. It was, it was pretty, pretty epic. We're going to talk about that. We've got a meme-tastic segment for you. We've got pick six with Nate the Juggalo. We've got welcome to absurdia, all of that on this very busy Thursday. But let's dive into this now. Joining us is someone who is and has done so much behind the scenes in the conservative movement in America. He's Scott Pressler, and he joins us now. Scott, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, Drew. Absolutely. Man, it's so good to have you. Uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. So for folks who don't know, Scott, and I'm sure uh, a lot of you do, but for those, for those who don't know, you, you, you've committed yourself to going all over the country, helping bring attention to key races, registering Republican voters, trying to flip key areas in favor of the GOP. Uh, here's a recent tweet that I just want to highlight for the audience because it's, it's something that, that perfectly identifies you know, who you are, uh, at least parts of it. Um, and it says this, I'm not getting sleep. I'm, eating like I, I'm not eating like I should. I miss family events, weddings, miss seeing my friends. I'm living out of my car and my suitcase. There's pictures to document that. This is my normal. I'm not saying this to get a pat in the back, uh, but to show that I'm giving this my all. I'm begging, pleading for everyone to vote this November. Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia. I got all of those state acronyms right. Proud of myself. Let's come together as a family and save the country we love. That's what you put out. So, Scott, let's go back, because you've been doing amazing stuff all over the country, stuff that doesn't get enough attention, in my view. But let's go back. You're from this area, by the way, not far from the studio here, so we're going to have to get you in this couch over here at some point uh, hanging out with us. But how did you how did you get inspired to do this? What, what spawned you to be like, you know what, I'm just going to live out of my car and drive all over the country and do things that isn't going to get much attention from people but matters a whole lot? Well, I was inspired by President Obama the day that he was reelected in 2012. That night, if you go to my Twitter account, you'll see that I at November 2012. But I wasn't just mad at Obama. I was ultimately mad at myself. I said, Scott, where were you knocking on doors? Where were you registering voters? Where were you getting out the vote? And you guys can't see, but I'm wearing cowboy boots right now because my first ever job was helping to elect Governor Greg Abbott in the great state of Texas. I knew how important 2016 was, so I dedicated two years of my life helping to defeat Hillary Clinton, electing Donald J. Trump. We saved the Supreme Court. Ultimately, I continued using my time trying to get Trump reelected. 2020 was awful. 
2022 wasn't the red tsunami that we thought it was going to be. And that's why I'm doing this work now in 2023, trying to win elections this year and ultimately make Joe Biden a one-term president and win the presidency next year. Yeah. Well, and and thank you so much for, for you doing that because, it, I mean, look, everyone does. They get wrapped around the axle. They get focused on some big federal elections like the one you're talking about. That's an important election, no doubt. Presidential election 2024 is a big freaking deal. But there's all this other stuff that no one pays attention to. And we, tr we try to bring, uh, you know, attention to it and light to it around here. We don't do it nearly as well as you do. We're not out there beating the streets. We're not out there getting people flipped and registered to vote and, and all of that. It, it takes people like you to really make some some key impacts there. But, you know, you, you had a big win. You, you took you, you played a big part in the Louisiana gu uh, gubernatorial race several weeks back. You had Jeff Landry, who won over current governor John Bell Edwards. GOP hasn't had uh, eight years, right? I think since they've had the, the, the governor's mansion there. So uh, that was a big win. Talk about that race. Well, it's even more monumental than people even understand. You know, they're like, uh, it's Louisiana. It's a Republican state. Of course he was going to win. Guys, the election was on a Saturday. It was during LSU playing football at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. And we know our Southern people love their football. And we also had 15 one five candidates running and despite all of that, Jeff Landry wins outright with over 51% of the vote. Heard of for Republican statewide candidates to win the governorship on day one and it not go to a runoff. And in part, it's because of the work that we did at Early Vote Action. We wrote thousands of handwritten thank you letters to new movers. We got them registered to vote. We got them registered as Republicans and we mobilized them. But furthermore, one important point is in 2019, Democrats won early voting 44% to 41%. This year in 2023, we had the inverse. Republicans won early voting 44% to 41%. So our all of the above approach to voting did have an impact and did get Jeff Landry across the finish line on day number one. That's huge. That's awesome. And kudos to you and everyone who worked on it because it is a big deal. And by the way, I know you're serious, but also, you know, some people might think joking about it. Getting people to do anything in the South, myself included, during a college football game or just during the college football season is is remarkable and super impressive. You asked me to come to a wedding. It's like, well, when is it? It's oh, it's, uh, no, I can't come to that. Um, it, so that that's really, really impressive. And you see that. I mean, I remember having a conversation. Uh, gosh, it's probably been before uh, DeSantis won his first election here. But in the state of Florida, where we are, you had for the longest time, the voter registration poll, you know, um, rolls were, were heavily in favor of the Democrats. Slowly but surely, and I, I was talking to one of the, the VPs of, of the, the GOP um, chapters in Florida, and they were like, we're making progress. And then I'd have another cigar and drink with them. We're making more progress. We flipped it. And now we've got this huge gain there. W what impact does that have in, in a state and, and in local and state elections because like, most people don't focus on local and state elections and most people certainly aren't like waking up, reading the paper, sipping their coffee and like, what does the voter rule look like today? Wh what kind of impact does that have? Well, to bring it home to Florida, I mean, look at the 2022 elections with the gubernatorial. 
We had areas like West Palm Beach, Miami-Dade, Duval, which has 30,000 more Democrats registered. We even had Tampa. Those areas went red, which is unheard of for big cities. And so it wasn't just the counties going red that mattered, but we won school board seats, city council seats. And when things have to do with COVID and lockdowns or the material that your kids are learning in school, it matters when the voter registration records can not only win countywide, but then can trickle down to those local seats. And I'll tell you, voter registration is gonna matter in Pennsylvania this November. We have every single county commissioner seat up for grabs this November. Now to anybody that's listening right now, if you care about election integrity, well, the county commissioners control the elections. So if you wanna make Joe Biden a one-term president, and if you want Pennsylvania to vote Republican next year, it would behoove you as a Pennsylvanian to come out and try to win these county commissioner seats this year and preparation for a successful next year. Yeah. Well, and that, as you hear that and you talk about it and you hear it for someone like yourself who who this is what you do, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's getting, I guess, people, there's got to be this awareness of getting people to understand what you just said and have some of that forethought, which is really not there. Most people are like, is it time? Are we voting this year? No, we're not voting. Okay, I'm going to go about my business. But I'll, I'll shut up. Tom, you had a question. I'll let you jump in here. Yeah, Scott, I've got a question about Virginia and what's going on there with their upcoming election and the uh, the sort of like these fringe characters on the left that are running and how important this coming election in Virginia is and how is it looking in Virginia? Well, hi, Tom. Well, this election is consequential. You know, in 2021, Republicans won the governorship with Governor Glenn Youngkin. That was historic. That was huge. We flipped the House of Delegates. So two levels of government in Virginia are controlled by Republicans. Now, every seat in the State House and State Senate are up for election this November. So what I'm saying to you is if Republicans hold the House of Delegates and we flip two State Senate seats, Governor Glenn Youngkin will have an entirely Republican legislature. Now, for context, it's 2023. The state of Virginia has been blue since President Obama in 2008. We would have transformed the state with an entirely Republican government, and that means that people are going to move there. That means that we're going to be able to govern conservatively on day one in 2024. And furthermore, again, I'm a big-picture guy to anybody that wants to defeat Joe Biden and make him a one-term president. We winning this November in the Commonwealth of Virginia would set us up for Virginia to elect a Republican president in 2024. And the Democrats are not winning without those 13 electoral points. Now, we are still losing in early voting via the Democrats. However, asterisk, at the same time since last year, the Democrats are three percentage points down, lower, less than they were this time last year. So basically what I'm saying is Republicans have eaten in to the early voting and Governor Glenn Youngkin's approach, my approach at earlyvoteaction.com, reinforcing the idea of voting early, voting by mail, is getting more Republicans out to vote. 
I love it. Well, and you, that, I mean, that you think about that. You, you for, again, forecast ahead and you say, okay, we get this. I mean, there's a point that you made there too, Scott, that I hadn't thought of. I mean, obviously, you, you kind of forecast ahead, and I don't know if, if, if we're locked out of the – there we go. Um, but but uh, you, you forecast ahead and you say, <clears throat> okay, this is good for, for 2024. This is good in terms of electoral votes that are on the line there. But something that you hit on uh, is – you have a controlled, a Republican-controlled state that's being governed conservatively, as you said, and it does. It, it it invites more people. You start to trend that way, where more people want to go there. As of as of right now, a counterpoint. You see states like Virginia and others. Virginia is very transient, at least in the 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 DMV area, because a lot of people are coming through for government. But you've got a lot of people who are like, I got to get out of here. I was one of them. I was up in Virginia when when I worked. Uh, for the intel community, and as soon as we could get out, we did to come back home here. But if you flip it, and and the culture changes, and the mindset, and the and the politics changes, maybe maybe that can change, and that and that's a really important point that I, I've never thought of. But but you've got to do that. You can't just give up on a state. You say, okay, well, how do we change it? And and that's certainly a good way. Well, I live down in Virginia Beach area, which is you know bordering North Carolina, and I can't tell you how many people. They moved to Moyak, which is in North Carolina, and they would commute north to Virginia to work. So they would commute to a different state because of the tax bracket or because it was cheaper for whatever reason. Having conservative governing in Virginia would mean that people wouldn't have to leave and go down to North Carolina and lose those votes. So you're exactly right. I mean, look what happened to Florida. It invited conservative governing for people to come to the state. Texas, Florida, North Carolina. Look where we're losing from, California, Illinois, New York. There's a reason why, because Democrat policies are pushing voters away. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. So here's a question. You're, you're, you're out there pushing this. You're doing a hell of a job. You're, you're making significant impacts in so many areas. And I want to talk in a little bit about, you know, beyond Virginia, what are some ones that you're watching? But there's a lot of people, and, and you can go back to, obviously, 2020 and then the runoff in Georgia and, and all of those things. There's a lot of people who just feel like, hey, my vote doesn't count, so what's the point? And there's people who have told them that, and they've bought it, and then they don't go to the polls, which obviously is not the answer. But what's your response as you're out working these communities, talking to people in these communities? How do you encourage them to go down a different path and get involved and vote? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what my day has been like today. I got on the phone today with a woman and helped her request a mail-in ballot, even though she's not a big fan of it, but I just told her the significance of, look, you're not gonna be in town. This vote is coming down, it's tied, we need your vote, you could be the difference maker. So sometimes it's just having sincerity and reaching out to the people and making that personal appeal I have another follower who lives in Allegheny County. I'm so focused on Pittsburgh. And she wrote on one of my comments and said, everyone I voted for in the last election in Allegheny County lost. Why should I vote? And I just, I direct messaged her and I said, look, I said, we so need you. We can't give up. We have to keep pressing on. If we don't vote, we're only rewarding that position. We're giving everything to them with a red carpet on a golden platter. And she said, you know what? I am gonna vote. I'm gonna get my husband to vote too. 
because I took the time to personally appeal to direct message. I got two votes for a Republican candidate in Allegheny County. So it shows you the importance of door knocking, of phone calling, of social media. But we have to be uh, we have to be going out and meeting the people where they are. We can't expect people to come to us. And I think that's one of the problems with the Republican Party. Yeah, one of many, one of many, my friend. But 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 you're absolutely right. And that that personal touch point is so critical uh, because people want to feel like they're in it together. And across the country right now, that's not the the feeling that everyone has. There's hate. There's division. There's all this, and everyone, as a result, kind of starts to you know block people away and just kind of isolate themselves. And 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 you can get it to a certain extent. But when it comes to so many things, your personal health for one. But like. When it comes to voting and getting involved in all this stuff, isolating is not the way. You've, you've got to be involved. You've got to know what's going on. You've got to understand how important your voice and how important your vote is. What are well, – so go ahead. And I'm so sorry to interrupt, but you know what one of the coolest was is our letter writing campaign. We've been engaging hundreds if not thousands of volunteers across the country. So when we won with Jeff Landry, it wasn't just a win for the state of Louisiana. It was a win for every single one of my volunteers that wrote five letters, even if it was just five, getting people registered to vote or getting them out to vote. We did the same thing for Kentucky. We did the same thing for Pennsylvania. So the cool thing is I'm in part helping to almost nationalize these elections and bring other people into the fold. I said I had a person say, Scott, I'm in California. I wrote letters to you. And when Jeff Landry won, that was my victory. I felt like I played a part in it. And that, I think, is the way that we can help build the solidarity of inviting more people, not fewer, into the process. Yeah. <clears throat> no, well, there's got to there's be some ownership. There's got to be that feeling of being involved. By the way, Salty said in the chat earlier uh, that she loved your hair. Strong hair game. Um, <laughs> so you've got a hair fan. Um, so you mentioned Allegheny County. You, you mentioned Virginia earlier. What are kind of some of the off-the-beaten-path elections that you're looking at now into, into the rest of this year and, and leading up to 2024? This year, Kentucky, Daniel Cameron is running for governor. They currently have a Democrat. Mitch McConnell's health is not great. We wish him the best. But if he is forced to retire, the Democrat governor will replace him. That Democrat governor has already said he will not follow the law. This election for Daniel Cameron, Republican candidate for governor in Kentucky, is consequential to anyone that wants to have a Republican Senate next year in 2024. Louisiana, yes, we elected Governor-elect Jeff Landry, but they still have runoffs for Secretary of State. They still have runoffs for Attorney General. We need everybody to make a plan to vote on Saturday, November 18th. Saturday, November 18th in Louisiana. Mississippi. Governor Tate Reeves is running for re-election. We need to hold that governorship. Stacey Abrams has been working in Mississippi. She hopes to turn Mississippi blue the way that she helped in Georgia hold the governorship with Tate Reeves in Mississippi. New Jersey, they have state legislative races. Democratic Governor Murphy has a trifecta state government. He controls everything. If we want to stop Democratic Governor Murphy from passing reckless and dangerous legislation, we have the opportunity to take the General Assembly and take the State Senate this November. Virginia, as I mentioned, every single seat in the state legislature is up for grabs. Then we also have Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, critical. This is the Supreme Court election. 
And look, we want, we lost Wisconsin. We had a conservative majority in Wisconsin in April of this year. We lost that seat and the, the justices are now a liberal majority in Wisconsin. What does the Supreme Court talk about? Election integrity, mail-in ballots, COVID lockdowns, redistricting. Do we want that to be in control of Democrats? And here's the thing, Judge Carolyn Corluccio, if we don't elect her this year, Republicans will be unable to win back the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania until 2035. Jeez. 2035. This election is consequential in Pennsylvania, and I need everybody to take it seriously as such. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's the thing, folks. And if you're not, I'm going to say it again in, in in a few minutes here when we when we wrap up. But make sure you're following Scott if you're not already, like everyone under the sun is. Um, but if you're like the three people out there that don't follow Scott Pressler, go do it on on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we're calling it now, uh, because he points all these out. And it might be in your state. It might be where you have loved ones or family members that you can encourage them because you look at these races and you look at the Supreme Court uh, consequences uh, or implications that come along with it. You look at all of these things. And it's just so, again, we, people are so busy in life. I get it. I, I, I've, I've got four kids, a wife, and an Afghan. And I'm slammed and I run multiple companies. And you, you tend to just kind of, what what's the surface level here? What's the stuff on top? And, and you, you don't get into the weeds, but you got to get into the weeds if you want to make an impact. And you got to understand, oh, I'm not as in intrigued by that race because I don't know who's in it. Well, you should. You, you, you damn well should. So, so pay attention to that. And I appreciate your answers on all that. I appreciate you highlighting the importance of all those races uh, because they really, really just are if we want to keep this republic. But let me ask this. I asked about voting earlier, the frustrations about, you know, does my vote count? You had a great response. There's a lot of people. You mentioned Mitch McConnell there. And one of the thoughts with Mitch McConnell, too, right, is, is everyone's frustrated with Mitch McConnell you know, we poke fun of them every once in a while here, too. We poke fun of everyone, though, so that's that's fair. But but you got to think about if you don't win that gubernatorial race in Kentucky, then you could potentially lose that seat to the Democrats. So there's impact there. But getting back to where I was going with this, a lot of people frustrated with the GOP. GOP obviously has lots of fractures and frustrations. I've seen you post about it, and I totally agree. We fight so much on our side. It's like, guys, do you want to beat them or you just want to beat up each other? Because you got to pick one or the other. Uh, how do you what's your message to people on on the conservative side of America who seem to be focusing on some of the wrong issues? I agree. Well, look, I mean, I am part. I always try to do it in a classy way. You'll never see me do ad hominem attacks. You'll never see me low blow. I mean, look, at the end of the day, who are we here to fight? And I mean, peacefully, are we here to elect Republicans or are we here to split and fragment and allow Democrats to win? I do believe in Reagan's 11th Amendment. You know, thou shall not attack thy fellow Republican except Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> we need to come together as a team. And I am really thankful for what Matt Gates did because we needed that momentum. We needed that positivity right now at this moment in time in order to coalesce everybody towards November. Because what's the basis feeling right now when I speak for the base? is they are just so unhappy with the status quo, the go along to get along, the good old boys club. They're tired of the unending blank piggy bank that is gonna be supporting Palestine while at the same time supporting Hamas, 
and while at the same time supporting Israel and Ukraine. We're just, we're tired of everybody being taken care of but us. And I think that Mike Johnson being the speaker at this time is gonna be the momentum and the energy that we need to win this November. And this November, as I've said from the beginning, everything is focused on having success now so we can come together, swim as a family, and defeat Joe Biden. Yeah, amen to that. Amen, brother. I love it. And I just agree. I mean, again, we get into it sometimes here, too. But my big thing is, is let's stop tearing each other apart. If you want someone out and you think they should be replaced on the GOP side, get involved. Primary them, run yourself. But we got to win and have some control first, because otherwise yeah. we're, we're going to lose on a lot of fronts here. Uh, I, I think it's so important we, we, we do it and we do it that way. And you've got a big voice. You've got a loud voice, a huge following and platform. So thank you for all you're doing on that front. Thank you for spending time with us today. What is the best way for people to follow what you're doing, learn about what you're doing, and or get involved with what you're doing? Well, please, my website is earlyvoteaction.com. That's earlyvoteaction.com. But I'm most responsive on my Twitter. I mean, I answer my direct messages. It's at Scott Pressler, S-C-O-T-T-P-R-E-S-1-S-L-E-R. And I'm also on every social media platform. And I just wanted to say, Drew, thank you for the opportunity. And Tom, very nice to meet you. I hope to have a beard one day that matches your yours. <laughs> that would be amazing. Right your on. hair, Tom's beard. <laughs> amazing. Well, well we, we definitely, um, uh, you know, uh, you gotta. It's a long. It's a long thing for both of you to get the hair to grow that long. I can't do what you did, Scott, I and then to get his beard. Scott's hair. But but we gotta get you here. We gotta get you here um, next time you're coming through Jacksonville to see family and friends. Please come by. We'd love to have you back on virtually as well. Uh, so appreciate your time. So appreciate everything you're doing, and we'll look forward to doing it again real soon. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Have Bye. a great night. All right, folks. Man, what an awesome guy, and what a cool thing that he is doing does not does not get a lot of attention for it um but it's so important that you do it i mean the, the most important jobs on the planet are often that way too right they go undiscussed unnoticed and scott just keeps a, a a great attitude great spirit the whole time he gets out there he hustles he he spends i mean I've, i'm telling you like you go if you don't follow him already follow him but you look at pictures of his trunk and he's just got it organized here's my snacks my toiletries here's some ready-made meals here's all this stuff and he just gets on the road and goes where am i needed next and i think that's so cool it's so selfless most people selfish scott pressler selfless uh really really cool he does so much more than anybody in the rnc man oh my gosh he, yeah. he should have ron mcdaniel's job he is so much more effective than that old bag of bones is yeah I I, you know, I I really shouldn't say that because we did this whole talk about about being stuff. nice, but 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 she I mean I see he'll respond to her all the time like what are you doing what are you doing and he does it in a very kind way but it's it's true yeah like we've got Scott doing stuff you not doing anything just making money for yourself and screwing people over so um, I love it we'll have him back for sure but let's get to some some other news here our republic has lots of issues. Let's vote. Let's come together to keep it. And, and again, keeping it could be a stall tactic, a temporary appeasement for a while with certain candidates. You got to be okay with that. Well, this one's more of a rhino. Okay, well, are they, are, they, are they worse than that guy over there who's a communist? 
maybe it's maybe it's closer than it should be but let's take some temporary and smaller wins um anyways we've got some significant issues and we've got news that just broke about this biden family 40 informants inside slash around the biden family uh let's let's take let's do a quick report here jesse uh jesse waters on fox did us a solid we'll use him to kick it off and then we'll discuss take a listen Fox News alert. Everything primetime has been saying about the FBI and the Biden family has just been confirmed. For years, we've told you the FBI knew everything the Bidens were up to. The cash, the Chinese diamonds, American policy for sale. Not only was Biden blackmailing other countries and other countries blackmailing him, but the FBI was blackmailing Biden. Senator Chuck Grassley just announced that the Federal Bureau of Investigation has had 40 informants inside the Biden family for the last 15 years. What does that mean? It's exactly what you think. 40 FBI informants, going back to the time Joe Biden was vice president, have been providing criminal information to FBI field offices throughout the country. 40. FBI informants have been feeding the Bureau exactly what Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden have been doing all over the world. Primetime isn't sure the FBI had this many informants working on the Trump campaign. So what does it mean that the FBI has had the Biden family wired? And what does it mean that the FBI hasn't done a thing? Well, it tells me that the FBI knows all of the president's dirty laundry and is blackmailing him. Because Senator Grassley also revealed that multiple FBI field offices tried to run this criminal information back to headquarters and were blocked at every corner. This criminal activity was shut down during the Trump impeachment, shut down before the last election, and it's still being shut down today. Grassley says FBI headquarters deliberately smeared criminal information coming from FBI informants about the Biden family as foreign disinformation, when in fact, after an exhaustive examination, there's never been any information that any of this has been foreign. Even the FBI informant that said the Bidens shook down Ukraine for a $10 million bribe, that was vetted and found not to be foreign disinformation. But it gets worse. The FBI's attempt to follow up on the $10 million Ukrainian Biden bribe was shut down. The FBI informant who said there's 17 tapes of Biden talking about bribes, that too has been shut down, despite that there's no evidence that this is foreign disinformation. And while all of this is going on, the FBI has been actively planting information against Donald Trump doctoring emails and disseminating fake dossiers. The FBI used Biden to get revenge on Trump. They got a dirty politician elected so they could defeat a politician who caught them trying to frame him and fired their director. And now we have a compromised president in the White House being protected by a rogue gang of sick agents. And the American people are the real victims of this stupid inside game. You're paying more for everything. The border's wide open and crime is sky high. And we have two proxy wars that Biden can't manage. All because the FBI believes it's more powerful than democracy.
All right, so 40 FBI informants, going back, you know, not just recently, but going all the way back to his time uh, as vice president. But that's significant. And all along the way, they were reporting information up the chain to FBI leadership, providing intelligence on, on what, what they were finding about deals, talking about the, you know, Jesse mentioned there, the 17 tapes with Biden talking about bribes. All of it, though, shut down. All of it, I mean, the, the, it shouldn't, be, I mean, what, what, what should, it should sound refreshing at first, like, oh, that's great, they're paying attention to him. We've had lot, uh, concerns about him for a long, long time. Yeah, okay, cool. What did they do with it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it's got to be, I mean, you think we're frustrated. You, you imagine some of the folks who are working the case are like, oh my God, we've got, him, we've got critical information on the vice president. We've got critical information on the former vice president. We've got critical information on the current president and nothing's done with it. That's, I mean, that's the story, obviously. Yeah, it's all leverage with the FBI. They want somebody as dirty as possible. And with Biden, they have somebody as dirty as possible. It's the, he is their puppet. He's their little bitch puppet. And everything they tell him to do, he'll do. And if there's any resistance, they're like, Joe, you need to do this. Oh, I don't think I can do that. Joe, you know that little Ziploc baggie that you have of child's, un, a child's underpants in your Resolute desk? Somebody will find that. Oh, okay. You know, it, it, it's it's leverage like that that, right. that, that that keeps this whole you know, this whole wheel spinning with these people because there's just so much. You know, I had a friend of mine who worked with a very, with a uh, billionaire who I'm not going to mention his name, but he's very big in the uh, vaccine industry. And part of what my friend did was worked on a security detail and he was on the cleanup crew. And the cleanup crew would come in to whatever hotel he was staying in, whatever yacht that he had, and clean up all the drugs, make sure all the women were out, make sure that there was no DNA left over, make sure that all the fecal matter and urine were cleaned out of the champagne flutes and the coffee makers and everything, and so the place was spick and span. That is exactly what the FBI does with people like Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrats and probably some Republicans. You can do whatever you want and we'll be your cleanup crew, but in the end, you have to do what we say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but it's just so, it, it's so freaking maddening that we find ourselves in this situation. We, we were talking about it. Well, we talk about it all the time, but we were talking about it earlier this week, just about with, with Dinesh, when it, with his new film, Police Day, which, by the way, if you haven't checked out, go check that out. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it and also be terrified at the same time. But you, you've seen this and you can go all the way back and you reference it a lot you can go all the way back to hoover you've seen what this organization has become and it's just literally the antithesis of what it was supposed to be what it's it's these charters you you see these things you go through briefings and stuff like that when you come in and and you talk about the charters of what it's supposed to be what you can and cannot do none of the stuff that happens in this day and age in in the law enforcement slash intelligence community is supposed to be happening and everyone knows it, and yet everyone still does it that way, and then just shrugs their shoulders like, eh, well, whatever, whatever. We'll just, just is what it is now. Yeah, the culture of that bureau is so rotted that there's nothing you can do about it. You know, after the FBI murdered Bonnie and Clyde and, and put the put the rest bank robberies in the United States, especially with those two, 
the FBI had no no relevance whatsoever, and that's when Hoover turned it into a leverage operation, where he would get leverage against politicians. He get leverage, you know, on the Kennedys. He got leverage on you know, uh, MLK. That's that's all it was, right. and it was to say, okay, this entity that I've created, Washington D.C. needs this. You can't do anything without us or without our blessing. He did that just to save his job, and it just snowballed into this this you know giant amorphous creature that that all that pretty much runs all of Washington D.C. along with all the other intel agencies. But that seems to be the head of the security state snake. Yeah, no, I I think so too. It it ha- I mean I I'd be hard pressed to to find another organization that that fits that role. Everyone's got their issues, but they. They they've they've championed themselves to the top for that. They're they're being used for that for sure. Well, here's what's frustrating, folks: is you've got this you've got this new revelation. Chuck Grassley's office put it out, uh, and it just it just isn't going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. The best we can hope for is that this that this guy realistically is that this guy does not get put up again and run, and is done. And they send him off to eat his applesauce and look at ducks and do all the stuff that retired people in nursing homes do uh and if you're in that category hopefully you're better off than that we're picking on him not you but that's that's the best we can hope for and at some point we get control and leadership back and somebody guts the damn thing everyone always talks about we talk about it here too you should scatter it into a million pieces it's not that easy i don't know that you can do that i'm not saying i'm not for that but i also don't i don't know that it's that easy but you've got to gut it and start over and it starts with the top i mean you've got to it's it's a top-down cleaning um that has to happen so we'll see we'll see what happens you know you got people like scott who are out there hustling trying to do everything under the sun that they can to make an impact on local state and federal elections we got to keep doing it we got to i i'm i'm hard pressed too i i'm asking a lot of the questions i ask scott i'm asking for myself because i hate most republicans i don't i don't think our voting system is fair and and i i think that there's lots of issues there but I also think that going back to 2020 in Georgia, the people who are saying, don't vote, it doesn't matter, it's, it's, it's worthless, I, I think those people are dumb. Like, you, there's, there's somewhere in between, and you got you to be committed to, to pushing ahead and trying to fight at least. People talking about the cleanup still, talking about Dexter now. There's all sorts of conversation <laughs> going on in the chat. But I think we, I think we got to push ahead. And, and we look, I mean, in... in some people's minds and i might be close to it we might have had a win this week with mike johnson we talked about mike johnson it seems like on the surface that we got someone who's pretty decent to be speaker of the house he kind of came out of obscurity but as you look at who he is you look at what other people are saying about him it starts to make you feel pretty good take a listen to this chick over on msnbc for example and, and then we'll discuss be striking that the person that they put up for this job maybe wasn't cited all over the January 6th report, though there is at least one mention of him in there. But instead, he's someone who simply provided some of the attempted rationale for how to overturn an election. And I did. I'm glad, frankly, that you played the clip from last night when they invited reporters in for a quote unquote press conference and then said no policy questions. But I tried similarly today when he walked down the very steps that I'm standing on 
on right now and spoke with reporters for once again what they called a press conference and didn't take questions. I shouted quite loudly about whether or not he thought the 2020 election results were legitimizing for Biden and if he believed that Biden was the, the, the legitimately elected president of the United States. And he once again ignored those questions. And so I know that some people might say it's in the past, but certainly January 6th and 2020 looms so large over this building every single day. And now you have someone in the presidential line of succession who helped with that rationale in a key way that Republican members of Congress were using his legal bases that were, of course, flimsy and non-constitutional, but were trying to use them as their rationale for why they voted against certifying the election results. I think that that's extremely striking and speaks to where the party is right now. The other thing I would add, too, is President Biden was asked about this today, and he said no. He wasn't concerned about having someone like Speaker Johnson with the background he's had in the presidential line of succession. But candidly, Democrats around here don't share the president's view as far as I've heard it. Ali, let me play you um, something that happened there when um, Congressman Aguilar nominated um, Leader Jeffries. This has been about one thing. This has been about So they go on and they, they do their thing and they have their conversation. But, uh, you know, we, we said this when Jim Jordan was, was coming up too, right? It, it was, hey, okay, people are starting to lose their minds over the possibility of Jim Jordan being speaker. And for any concerns that we might have had, that kind of made us feel better. That made me feel better. Like, all right, well, okay, then maybe he is the guy. Maybe he's the right guy. If you guys don't like him, then I do. And you're starting to get that sense now, too, with Mike Johnson. He's a Christian. They hate Christians. Loathe the concept of Jesus. So you got that. He's, vo- he's, be- he's been on the side of Trump. He's been on the side of, of, of the right side of things on the election. He's been on the right side of damn near everything against Ukrainian aid other than the first vote. So you hear that. You, or you see that, and then you hear stuff like this, and you hear some of the Democrats, and she's like, it's, it's weird that they say this, and Biden says something different. Biden doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> like, like he's aware of anything. Right. To, to, like, quote him or depend on him for anything just shows what a dumb coos that chick is. Right. She has, She's nothing more than a propagandist mouthpiece who is with a stick mic out at the Capitol steps just regurgitating the talking points that diversity hire put out and wants every reporter to repeat. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it, literally, I think you could probably, if you just were catching him off the cuff, unless, unless you mentioned Trump's name or someone like that, and, and probably, and probably Trump in a very other sh- short list of other people. If you were like, Hey, Joe, Hey, president Biden, what do you think of Mike Johnson? Oh yeah. Mike Johnson's a great guy. We grew up at the, going to the yeah. community pool together. And we, you know, I, I think he just, he doesn't know what's going on. He just likes to tell a story, and you tell him a name, and somehow it triggers something up there. Like Johnson. <laughs> we used to call him Glippy Johnson. And, you know, if he was blocking for me, I would have been All-American tailback. <laughs> uh, what did he call it once? He, call, oh, he called it a flanker back or something flanker, once. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just stop it. If you don't know football, don't talk <laughs> about it. That's my wisdom to you. But I do like the fact that somebody that, Every, but that people on the left and also the right, especially establishment right, hate. I'm like, I like that person. Yeah, <laughs> because that 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 means that you actually stand for something, and you're just not like these country club, you know, elitists who 
cruise around and like, oh, you know, with the with the cigars, like, oh, <laughs> you know, what are we gonna vote for now? You know, you promised me the pork in my bill, and I'll give you the pork in your bill, and we'll all vote together, and you know, come up to my place, and you know, we'll have some scotch and adrenochrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, it's <laughs> true. What are, disco? Did we have um, Kennedy next? I don't remember. I'm all out of sorts here. But um, <clears throat> let's do this. Let's speed ahead because we've got so much we're going to get to that I'm going to kind of jump ahead. Let's take our let's take our first break. We've only got one more after this. We've got we've got so much crap to get to, um, and some of it's crap, some of it's good, some of it's going to be fun. But before we go to break, question of the day is this: You got to choose one. I don't care what gender you are. You still got to answer the damn question. Okay. Just envision it, picture it, fireplace, log cabin, a cool winter's eve, and you have to cuddle with and listen to for at least two hours, one of the following, Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg. You have to cuddle and listen to for two hours, either Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg. Who are you cuddling with? Let us know your answers. We'll give ours as well on the other side of the break. We got a ton to get to. Stick around. We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Never miss an episode and experience the best live in-show engagement with Drew and the crew on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to Drew's channel to be notified each time he goes live for the best commentary, the best skits, and outstanding guests on the issues that matter to you. You can do so on the Rumble app by searching Drew Berquist, then click subscribe, or by visiting rumble.com forward slash Drew Berquist on your web browser. My business partner, Jim, and I uh, started Thistle Creek Reserve because we wanted to bring glory to God. We want to be Christ-centered seven days a week, 365 days a year. Our coffee is produced all around the world, some from Papua New Guinea, South America, uh, Guatemala, Brazil, for example. Beyond the Cup is 
it's our life motto. It's our way to give back, and it's for us, our charitable partners. Uh, we partner with the Tim Tebow uh, Akoa Philippi Project to help rescue women and children from sex trafficking. Uh, we partner with Seamark Ranch, a foster care community to help show the love of Christ to children uh, who've really just been abandoned by their families. One of the things that we do is we go back and we support the missionaries that we help get our coffee from so that they can build churches and uh, schools and hospitals and dig wells so that everybody has fresh and clean water. We stand on core conservative Christian values and we will never shy away from that. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our friends that are across the aisle. We love them all. We want to serve good coffee to them all. And we want them to know that there's somebody who might not think like they do, but is willing to love them anyway and have a conversation with them. Well, hello, friends. Did you think about the question? Did you? Ugh. Reminder, if you're just coming in, or in just in case you wanted to vomit up your lunch again, you have to cuddle with and listen to, for two hours, either Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg. Who are you going with? Burn the house down, says Judy. Ting says, can I be waterboarded? Barb, no Drew, just no, not even for you. Jackie, I failed this question. No thanks, I'll cuddle with shit. I, I, I have grand, great grandkids to cuddle with. They're pure sugar. Good for you, Ronnie. Drew, I'm getting a sense we're not going to get an answer here. Drew, I would rather have my genitals in the hands of Hamas. <laughs> Stay in salty, the question, well, you heard, but it, uh, I'll say it again. You have to cuddle with either Joy Behar or Whoopi Goldberg and listen to them talk for two hours. Carolyn says, Whoopi, I can tune her out by thinking about the movie she was in. She does have some good movies. Joy is not full of any joy. Ting says, okay, I'm coming back. In that case, I would pick Joy just to piss her off. Can I choose both at the same time? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Neither. I would rather cuddle with a mountain lion before either one of them. She's not, I mean, Joy Behar is not very different than a mountain lion. Um, Tom, what are you going with? This is a tough one. It is. There, there's a lot of pros and cons that you have to weigh with this. Are there pros? Well, both of them were at one point where, you know, well, at least Whoopi was pretty humorous stand-up comic. That's true. Yeah. A, and she does, too, to Carolyn's. Uh, she she had some decent movies back in the day. Right. Sister Act. Yeah. Sister Act 2. Yeah. Ghost. That's pretty much it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she got a neat, oh, the color purple. Okay. 
Oh God, it's just the both of them are just so wretched. Um, all right, let me just sort of break this down. All right, Joy. I, if we're cuddling, there's going to be a lot of smells of like white wine and liverwurst when she's talking, and I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, dreadlocks don't particularly smell that good up close. Uh, but Whoopi's gonna, I think she's gonna have better skin. I feel like Joy's gonna have like really crepey like skin. So if she's like has her arms around me, I'll, I'll be feeling that sort of like rice paper crepe all over me. Um, it, you know, I'll, I, you know, if she, if she puts, if Whoopi puts on like coconut scented lotion, you know, on her skin, I would have to go with Whoopi. Just for that. Yeah. That was a very long answer. I was kind of wondering how long this answer would go. Uh, okay. Are we in a hurry? No, we're not in a hurry at all. Like, I, I mean, I'd... And then Tom answered for 30 minutes. Very specific, very uh, detailed answer, scenarios that you're, you know, Shape. pictures you're painting. Yeah, I, I'm a fool for Prell shampoo and Shea cocoa butter lotion. Mm. Okay. Not to be specific or anything. <laughs> So you're going whoopee. <laughs> Golly, this is a tricky question. By the way, Disco asked me a much a different version of this question earlier today, which is why this question's here. Oh. Just be glad I'm not asking that one. Um, let's... Whoopee. You're going whoopee? Yeah, because I could at least ask her about Patrick Swayze. He was a handsome devil. He's over in our bar. He's got a picture hanging yeah. on. He's the only picture in our bar. Is the cuddle couch going to be warm? It will be with those two. Um, I Here's the thing. I, I agree. I don't like dreads. I don't like listening to either of them. I don't like either of them. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's why did I do this? Why did we do this question? <laughs> I, I, it could be Eskimo <laughs> Brothers with Ted Danson. I, I think I'm going to go Whoopi, too. Just because I, I, I think if, if nothing else, well, I guess, but we're listening. We're not asking questions. You have to just listen to them. Rant. At which point, I think I'm going to go Joy Behar. Just because her hateful rhetoric and rants, I would laugh at because I, I love belittling people by just laughing at them and making, um, making it known that what they're saying is stupid. So I think it would be fun to just kind of hear how hateful she is, ideally record it and, and share it with the world. Um, I don't know. It's a tough decision. I don't like it. I don't like my answers. Colty says too far, Tom. Um, <clears throat> Tom going too far? You don't say. Uh, before we do this, Disco, let's do a quick read from our partner. We didn't get it in earlier. Uh, it, it, it's a crazy-ass world out there. It, everything is kind of crumbling around us. I'm not saying give up hope. You shouldn't give up hope. But you should take care of your savings. And you can do that with my good friends over at American Alternative Assets. Please, guys, take care of, of your, whether it's an IRA, a 401k, regular old savings, whatever the case might be, make sure that you're taking care of it because everything can change and it, well, we're seeing it. Everything is changing so fast all the time now. You can talk to them, talk to American Alternative Assets, get a free wealth protection guide, learn how you can safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar, and you can do it by calling 833, the number two, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. They'll give you this free wealth protection guide. They'll, t they'll walk you through things verbally on the phone. 
talk about how you can transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals all without any tax consequences. So do it. Again, give them a call, 833-2-USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. All right, let's, uh, let's do something that we didn't do earlier because we had the amazing Scott Pressler on. Let's tackle some news. This is the News Crews. struck Maine last night. At least 18 were killed, over a dozen injured in Lewiston, Maine. You had a deranged man open fire at a bowling alley, followed by a bar, two locations. The person in, in question, the, the suspect is Army Reservist Robert Card. He's on the run, unless something has changed while we've been on air, um, was on the run going into the show tonight. Massive, massive manhunt underway. And the latest reports were that he may have escaped on a jet ski, ditched his car at a boat slip, have the Coast Guard searching as well. But so, uh, again, uh, we're in the show now. So if you guys have an update, let us know in the chat if something if something has happened. But that was that was what took place last night. Awful, horrific scene. Manhunt underway. Keep in mind, too, with it, with the death toll in the teens where it is there just in one single event that's nearing Maine's homicide uh, level for last year. There was 29 homicides in the entire state of Maine last year. You had 18 killed just last night, over a dozen others injured. So there's no two ways about it. This is a sick, sadistic man who did just unthinkable things to members of the community there. Supposedly, this guy was in the Army Reserve. Supposedly, he was a firearms instructor. He's also someone who has significant mental health issues. You don't say. Checked into a mental facility for several weeks this past year after making threats to shoot up the National Guard base in Maine. So all this is happening then right on cue. As soon as the news broke, he had presidential hopeful tyrannical governor of California, Gavin Newsom, who came out with the... Tw- yeah, let's put, here's the picture of him. Here's, here's just some pictures of of the suspect lots of questions around where he got this particular rifle too there's lots of questions about everything in this and he he to me is your prototypical fbi bad guy where you don't know too much about him family and friends aren't saying anything to the media if there are in fact family and friends the photos all look really different almost like he's a shapeshifter of sorts and eventually he'll you know meet some mysterious demise and the fbi will be like oh yeah this one's wrapped up and that'll be the end of it right we found we found a body and it was drowned you know right off the crab apple cove and he's dead and that's it yeah and we're not going to hear anything just like just like the nashville bomber who you know detonated himself in downtown Nashville on Christmas. Christmas Day, yeah, yeah. the uh, the shooter in uh, Las Vegas, it, they're they're all just these weird kind of characters that just like all of a sudden jump out. We know a lot about them, but nobody from their immediate orbit comes forward to say anything about them, and yeah. then they disappear, and then they're gone. Yeah, almost like um, you know John Doe number two from the Oklahoma City bombing. It was like for. 
day for hours it was like oh there was two of them we have them on video then all of a sudden the video disappears it's like nope timothy mcveigh's the only guy and we got him yeah that's it yeah <laughs> that's it um well as soon i mean you're right i mean there's 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 lots of unknowns there's going to be lots of unknowns it's likely just going to go away but what's not going to go away is the conversation about gun control and it's it, it, as soon as this thing happened it was politicized you had gavin newsom who had just been on his trip to to china to meet with xi was was back at it, and here he was. You can read it on the screen there. Republicans in Maine rejected a bill this year that would have required a waiting period for firearm purchases. They seriously could not fathom waiting 72 hours to buy a gun. Maine also does not ban assault weapons, require permits to carry a gun in public, require uh, background checks on all gun sales. Our hearts are heavy tonight. We need immediate action. We cannot sit around and wait for Congress uh, and that uh, kind of trails off and continues on there. But <clears throat> so right away, I think the Jewish community in the United States would beg to differ with that statement that Newsom came out with considering what's going on with the left chasing after Jewish people on campuses, locking Jewish students in libraries because an ang- angry horde of Nazis, Palestinian Nazi Hamas people are after him. Yeah. So for him to start saying oh we should probably look into ban- yeah bro your timing is way off on this way off well it's and it's even yes that's all happening right now so that's 100 percent true but even when that's not happening even when you don't have that that scene that you described unfolding in the country they always come right out the gate they come out hot they they it's never thoughts and prayers because they don't do either of those things and it's right to the hoop with with gun control but why <laughs> Why can't we just call this what it is? And what it always is in these situations, another sick, deranged person doing sick things. This is this is not this guy or almost every instance like this in the past. This is not what an everyday lawful gun owner of America looks like. No. This is it's not a reason to bring on gun control or ban so-called assault rifles. This is another reason to look into the mental health crisis that our nation faces. And I'll I don't know what the answer is to that. That's a big-ass problem to solve. But I know this. I know you don't fix it with more gun control. We've seen that time and time again. You don't punish lawful gun owners who rarely are responsible for criminal behavior. You don't put good people in harm's way by disarming them. I mean, we say this all the time. If we, gun owners, were the issue, we own 46% of the world's firearms here in America. Everyone would know it. You would know it, Gavin. Yeah. But they, but they have to just turn this into, and whether it's some people say, and I, I think that you kind of lean that way sometimes, like it seems like this one was, you know, uh, set up for this narrative, for this purpose, which I, I, don't, I don't necessarily dispute. But it's like, even if you're doing that, man, y'all got to shut up and get your timing down. Right. Not do it minutes after. Hey, the, the shooting just happened. Okay, cool. Let me get on Twitter. Uh, like We need to ban guns immediately. Simmer down. In the last two weeks, you have a lot of people saying this is, you know, in seeing what's happening across college campuses and what's happening in, in you know, different parts of Brooklyn, this is why we need a Second Amendment. You know, you've got all sorts of Jewish folks going into gun stores and arming up because you have these violent, you know, horrific mobs calling for their genocide. So if, you know, you're Gavin or anyone left going, you know what, 
now's a good time to start talking about banning guns. It's a, nah, your timing is a bit off. And also, too, this guy is, you know, sick, twisted, but he's also probably, I'm guessing, known to the FBI. Yeah. No, you would, uh, based on what you've seen so far, you would kind of think so. Uh, well, Kamala had to weigh in, too, right? Because you, you got to see what Cam Cam's thinking on all issues. Here's what she had to say. Gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. <laughs> okay. As our friends in Australia have demonstrated where they act purely out of emotion and didn't, didn't take the time to debate it like adults, but just like a knee-jerk reaction, done. Right. And then fast forward, what was that, 96? Fast forward to 2020, and you have people in isolation camps that refused to get vaccinated. Yeah. No, exactly. You, just like our people have done here. That, that is what they want. But keep in mind, these people were disarmed and then put in, as you just said, COVID camps three years ago. That's exactly what they want for all of us. Right. And, and, and some people are like, oh, like, I mean, you, you get dumb people out there. There's a lot of, man, there's a lot of dumb people out there who listen to that. And first of all, don't think that Kamal is dumb. Think that she earned her way into her position. All those things are, of course, laughable. But like, they hear that and they're like, oh, well, what is Australia doing? What's their violence level like? What's the, what, <laughs> what's their freedom like? What did it look like during COVID? We saw, I mean, the stuff that happened there was absolutely l ludicrous. And, and we, it, you could, we, everyone was saying, like, Australia's fallen. I'm not saying it's there yet, but they, they could at any second now because their people can't defend themselves anymore. There's a reason we're able to still do a lot of the things we do, get away from the government control that could be even worse than it already is. And, and there's a reason that a lot of other bad things don't happen here. It's because we're armed. We're a very armed republic. You can't. You cannot go down that path. And gosh, it's the. La I'm telling you all. We say it all the time. It's the last straw. They're so close on so many other issues. You go through. It's been months since we did it again, uh, or did it last. But you know, every once in a while, Tom will go through the checklist of of things you have to accomplish to usher in communism. Fucking half. More than half the list is done. You you need to disarm the public is one of the last key things. There's a couple other little nuanced things, but they're so close, you guys. That is that is the last resort right there. That's the last thing they have to do, and it's our last stand, is is keeping that. Yeah. It, it, just look, I keep bringing up the college campuses. What would happen if, it, well, I know college campuses are gun-free zones, but just imagine if there were there was no Second Amendment or just even the streets of Brooklyn, what would be going on? Because the the you know the Hamas posse, they'd be armed, right? And you know, and I hope that the Jewish residents would be armed too to defend defend themselves. But you would have a running gun battle at this point. There would be a lot of dead Jews in the streets of America if we took away the Second Amendment. Hell yeah, there would be. There'd be a lot of. There'd be so much more carnage, so much more violence. But people, people get so emotionally entangled in all this stuff. And then they listen to dumb people. When, when things are hitting the fan, you don't listen to Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Or you, Gavin Newsom. Or, yeah, or Gavin Newsom.
Well, it's a problem. It's going to continue. And like every time this tragic type of event happens, we're going to have weeks of conversation. It's going to be in the news cycle. It's going to be on every Chiron at the bottom. What do we do about assault rifles? What do we do about the Second Amendment? You do nothing. You leave it exactly as it is. Shall not be infringed. You can't even... First of all, they can't define what a woman is, and they can't define what an assault weapon is. Right. And it, there, there's a reason why they have, you know, that they have never been defined because they want to constantly move the goalpost. That's why you can't give the left an entire an inch on anything, because once you end up compromising, like that douchebag from Texas, John Cornyn, did, you know, after the last shooting, it just it opens the door for all this other wretched shit to be ushered in. It does. It does. Barb, good news in the third hour. Yes, the third hour is just straight up fun today. Um, well, actually, I don't know some of the stuff that Tom has planned for Welcome to Absurdia, but it's it's going to be fun. We got meme-tastic still in this hour. So we're, we're, we're close, Barb and friends, to the end of the good uh, bad news. But speaking of bad news, we all know the, the border's wide-ass open. We all know that no one who's in charge at most of the agency levels knows what they're doing. And then we know the people above them know exactly what they're doing, and they're doing it very much on purpose, keeping things wide-ass open. Well, you had some DHS officials who were on the Hill, and you had Senator John Kennedy, who gave us another exchange here that was interesting in terms of his tone delivery and the points that he was making, terrifying in terms of the responses or lack thereof that he got. Take a look. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Morant, um since President Biden's been president, uh, how many non-American citizens have come into our country illegally or on the basis of a claim of asylum? Thank you, Senator. Um, HSI as an investigative agency is... Uh, how, how, do you know the number? No, Senator. You're a senior member of Homeland Security, are you not? That's correct. Does anybody know the number? None of you know the number. Try 8 million. Now, of that 8 million, how many were children, Mr. Morant? I don't have that number. You don't know. Does anybody know? None of you know. Isn't that special? Let's assume half. Okay. 8 million is four Nebraskas. Right? Four new states. Let's assume, I don't think it's as high, half of them are children. How many of, the, how many of those eight million people are still here? Do any of you know? Okay. Um, how, many, how many of those Eight million are claiming asylum. You don't know? How many of them claim asylum and don't show up for their hearing? Nobody knows? How many of them claim asylum, don't show up for the hearing, and President Biden has deported them? You don't know? How many of them have claimed asylum, shown up for their asylum hearing, and been denied asylum? 
and been deported? You don't know. You don't know. They don't, I don't think, I, my, this, here's the vibe I got from it, Tom, is that they just don't know. I think, I think that would be a good takeaway. Okay. But that just goes to show you how it, it's, they don't care. No. None of them care. They're just, first of all, I would love to have a job like that to show up and just not do anything and sit around and then go and talk to somebody, you know, who is asking me questions about my job and I just sit there and say, yeah. That would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. It, you know, it, it get the same benefits they do, the 401k, the, the, the dental, the health care, the vision, the free lunches at the Capitol or wherever their uh, cafeteria is, good parking, yeah, a clothing allowance. Be great. Yeah. It, there's, so much, there's so much of an upside to be like in the upper echelon of the Democrat Party or Democrat operative. It's just it, – it, it's so – intriguing and enticing but the thing that always keeps me from from not stepping over into that is selling my soul to satan and spending eternal damnation in the hell fires of hades that's what keeps me from doing it yeah no I, that's a good reason i think it's a good reason um i think a great reason in fact but and i love how he does it as as um <clears throat> Barb says he always highlights their stupidity every time he talks. He does do a great job of 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 doing that, Senator Kennedy. But but you you hit it on the head. I mean that that is the pro. I mean this is all stuff that you should know. You, there's going to be some people who slip through the cracks. And you don't have all the perfect data, and you just annotate that with your data. This is is within a certain margin of error of the data that we have. And here are the numbers in all these different categories. And time and time again, whether it's Mayorkas or whether it's some other senior person at DHS. You get the same non-answer. We uh, we're we're not familiar. We're not certain of that. Oh, that's interesting because you know what? That's your job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I have no idea. You, I'm glad you brought that question up. And you know what? I will when I get back to the office. I will have somebody look that up and send you a memo. Yeah. Even more than, you know, coming across as being sort of Keystone copish and everything and golly gee whiz, you know, sort of like, you know, Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. I know nothing, Hogan. Yeah, it's more uh, it's more of sticking it in the American people's face and, you know, just flipping everybody off yeah. and saying, we don't answer to anybody. Right. All, all you people, all you little peasants out there, you don't matter. The people on this side of the table and then, you know, over here on K Street and our little, our little cocktail parties, those are the people that matter because we actually make the decisions for you unwashed masses who are just so uneducated. You're just one step above barbarians. So it's up to us to let you know what's good for you. Yeah, it is. And that's their view. And that's how the that's how the world is now. And we've got a whole lot of work. To, to make some changes. Uh, just closing the border would be a great start. But speaking of dumb fucks, um, let's, let's talk about Jamal Bowman, another victim of a systemically racist country. Had to turn himself in for pulling a fire alarm to delay a vote last month. You can see it here. Criminally charged on misdemeanor count for pulling the fire alarm during a House vote. That, according to NBC, 
And you can see, let's play the scene. Is this the video? Disco? Here's, oh, this is the one of him taking the signs down. Sorry, Disco's not here. I'm like talking to no one. He's not even, but <clears throat> let's play whatever you got up. Yeah, here he comes. He removes the signs first. This was, this was um, newer footage that came up today. He didn't read the signs, he said at first, right? He was confused by them. Confused by them because you took them down. When this first happened and they released that footage of him and they had cropped it, and it was a still photo of the security cam footage, I was like, this is a bunch of fucking bullshit because they would have released the entire video. There's video of him doing something on camera that he shouldn't be doing. Right. And he just he and the rest of the Democrats were going, yeah, you know, the signs were confusing. You know, it's just like I got confused. I always go out there. I was rushing out, you know, to go cast my vote and I just got confused. And it's like, no, you didn't. And in shame on the Capitol Police, or whoever does security in there for trying to play that trick on the rest of us by taking a clip, a, a still frame from video and saying, oh, this is him, you know, pulling it, you know, did he do it on purpose or not? And just leaving, if they would have released the video from day one, it would have been like, motherfucker did it on purpose. Right. He's lying. He's a piece of shit. He needs to be censured and kicked out. Yeah. But no, Tom, he, he was confused. He thought it opened the doors. Yeah. I still, I mean, yes, the video should have been shown from day one, it would end all the conversation. There's no need to guess, to take the guesswork out of it. Just show us what happened. Because you had that 24-hour news cycle of saying, oh, it was an honest mistake. Right. And that became the narrative. Which, which is hilarious that it was able to become a narrative for part of the country. Who honestly ever has looked at an emergency you know, <laughs> fire alarm and said, maybe that opens the door? No one. <laughs> <clears throat> Sadly, if, if they have, they're probably working on Capitol Hill and, and supposedly representing us. But, but it, it is remarkable. Here, here's him uh, turning himself in. Not that it's going to go anywhere. Take a look at this. Congressman Jamal Bowman turning himself in moments ago. Fox News cameras capturing this exclusive video of the squad member surrendering. The lawmaker from New York is expected to plead guilty after being charged with falsely pulling the fire alarm at a congressional office building. It happened just before the House voted on a stopgap spending bill to fund government. Last month, Bowman is set to be arraigned at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So, uh, undoubtedly... Jamal will use this charge as some symbol of white supremacy. He'll get a fine. He'll be on his merry communist way. I mean, it, it's not going to go anywhere. This charge is ridiculous. In fact, it's going to help him. Yeah, it's a $1,000 fine in six months of uh, probate, not probation, but I don't know what it was. But It, it was the slap. Community back. service? Yeah, not no community service, nothing that's going to be any sort of public humiliation. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a slap on the wrist, essentially. Well, <clears throat> we talked a lot about dumb college kids yesterday. We've got a plethora of them. And you've got fake activism on college campuses, which is as common as date rape in like a Bill Cosby dressing room, right? And you've got this Palestinian supporter here who's calling on a boycott of Nike. Now, keep in mind as you watch the video, you've maybe seen this on social, but she first and foremost doesn't even know who she's calling for. We're calling for a boycott. Let me look at my notes. Yeah. So she calls on a boycott, and she noticed that she calls on Nike, a boycott of Nike, and then notice also, I don't know if you can see it in the video, but there's a still out there as well, 
that shows she's actually wearing Nikes. Look at look at the scene. We call on you to boycott Starbucks, McDonald's, Disney, Nestle, Coca-Cola, Pizza Hut, Burger King, Pepsi, Domino's, Papa John's, Nike, CeraVe, and Airbnb. Make our demands clear. I'm not quite sure what they are. Let me see. Let me con consult my phone. But sh the chick is saying that. She's reading it out. And and she's wearing Nike shoes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> these these folks are batshit crazy, man. They, they all want you to do things that they are not willing to do themselves. I, you can't see it on this angle. Someone put a different view out with um, the side. It's it's, but they are Nikes. I've I've seen the foot. They're of the Air pictures. Force, right? I, I don't know if they're Air Force One or what they are, but it's it's a subtle white Nike uh, swoosh that blends into it. But as she calls for, well, regardless, one of the guys in the back is wearing Converse, which is owned by Nike. Yeah, there you go. Well, and you know, all these little bitches just came from a meeting at Starbucks too with their Antifa friends. <laughs> I like she, how she was talking about and Subway. You know what? I haven't eaten Subway since, you know, Jared, you know, being the kitty diddler, just squeezing himself, looking at child porn or whatever it was that got him thrown in prison and then bring on Megan Rapino as one of their spokesmen and lay dickweed. It's like, you don't have to tell me not to eat at Subway. I haven't eaten there since 2012 and don't plan out on it any any time in the near future. So that one's good. I wish she would have thrown in Bud Light. That it would have caused everybody to be really confused. I will say, going back to Bobby the other day, when Bobby Brock was on, talking about Dana White and UFC signing that massive deal with them, there's people flipping out about it. Like, what's UFC doing? It's like, UFC just got such a massive deal. Yeah. Like, they paid so far over market value. So you can't blame Dana White. And then I, I, to the conversation and to, Dana's, or to, to Bobby's point the other night, it actually is – I'm not siding with and saying let's go fill up our coolers here with Bud Light beer. That's not happening. But it's actually pretty smart. Like if you're going to try and get a brand to, to weasel your way out of this, go get people who just kick the shit out of each other right. and are, are conservative. Um, but what's really funny about her talking about Nike, it's like now you have the, the – you know, you've got BLM and the Hamas supporters working together – but she's calling out Nike, even though Nike supported Colin Kaepernick and gave him $60 million and was one of the driving forces to get you know, Black Lives Matter in every end zone in the NFL. Yeah, So exactly. It, it, well, there's a lot of the companies she listed that are on y'all's side. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's... They're, but good luck telling them that. Uh, let's go overseas real quick. We told you yesterday that the invasion of Gaza was delayed. And what we, it still is, from what we can tell, right? It's, it's being delayed so we can get our missile defense systems into the region, as discussed. But apparently there was some activity last night. According to AP and some other outlets, you had Israeli troops and tanks that launched an hours-long ground raid into northern Gaza overnight into Thursday, uh, striking military targets there in order to prepare the battlefield before the bigger invasion that set to take place the raid came after the u.n warned that it's on the verge of running out of fuel in the gaza strip forcing it to sharply curtail relief efforts in the territory which has also been under complete siege since october 7th when all that happened so 
I, I, I've got a couple things I want to hit on here. So there's people saying, well, did it start? No, they're, they're, they're kind of just doing some initial stuff. Things are supposed to kick off next week. Uh, whether they do or not, who knows? It's going to be interesting. That's for damn sure. But you had Kirby who was asked on whether or not the U.S. will respond to Iran as everything gets spicy there. And Iran says Iran's been attacking bases in, in Iraq and Syria. Iran's behind Hamas. Iran's behind Hezbollah. Iran is largest state sponsor of terror in the world. And they've they've been pretty aggressive with their behavior. So he's asked, are they going to do anything? Just take a listen to this exchange. John, the president said that if Iran or its proxies attacked U.S. troops, that we would respond. So what is he waiting for exactly? He did say that. Where's the response? He said that. And he said that we will. Heeding the warning is the response? Jack, come on now. It's not a question. I'm not going to telegraph punches here from the podium. We have responded and retaliated in the past quite aggressively, in fact, back in March. And as the president said, uh, we will not hesitate to protect our troops and our facilities, but we're going to do it at a time of our choosing and a manner of our choosing. And the decision to do it, if we do it, is his as commander-in-chief and his alone. Okay. Are you going to respond? <laughs> I mean, basically, we did. So you're saying you're going to respond is the response? No, come on, Jackie. Now, I get it. I, we shouldn't telegraph what we're going to do, but this administration isn't going to do jack shit, and that's that's part of the problem. And if they do, I kind of don't want them to or know what they're going to do because they're not qualified or tempered in the right way to actually do anything on that level. We don't want them dragging us into a war with Iran. We need to do something for sure, but I just love the... I love the fact that Jackie Heinrich called him out like, so you're saying that you did respond to them, but your response was just verbal. <laughs> amazing. Then this is amazing, too. So the pa Palestinian, Palestinian Authority's foreign minister went to The Hague today, our, our time today. Uh, it was yesterday for us, but our time today, and <clears throat> said that this time that the war... Uh, that they're doing his, his exact quote was this time the war that israel is waging is different this time it's a war of revenge first we need to end this one-sided aggression and then we need to call for a ceasefire can you imagine having the gall of going to the hague and saying these guys are being mean and it seems like they want revenge for us killing 1400 of their people in one of the most vicious attacks in history yeah that that was literally the message we this has got to stop yeah we need a ceasefire we got to do what we wanted to do now everyone just calm the fuck down and stop killing people you guys can't there's no get backsies here like you can't do that what what world are you living in bro your town your territories are going to get annihilated well they're li clearly living in the leftist anti-semitic world that we live in where there's a lot of people who who fall on that side who are like oh yeah you know what was it it was like what 24 hours 17 hours that everybody was outraged and then it became oh you know the israel's got to be really measured you know in the response to this or else you know we could be talking about war crimes and you know genocide and blah 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 and then the whole narrative just switched to the point where it's almost like we're watching history being rewritten in the whole part about 
you know, Hamas dudes going in and, and cutting off heads of babies and raping women never happened. Yeah. No, exactly. They're just like the, everyone's sort of just like erasing that. It, 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 it's incredible to see it happening in real time. You talk, you know, you always hear the left, you know, trying to like call people Holocaust deniers and this and that. I really believe that now that we have some of these college students who really don't, who really believe the Holocaust never happened. So they they are the Holocaust deniers. And then we also have people who believe that Hamas really didn't do the atrocities that you know that, that they've been linked to during October 7th and now you have October 7th deniers and we're seeing them in real time trying to erase everything that we saw with our own eyes on social media and on some you know government news agencies yeah everyone just calm down let's let cooler <laughs> heads prevail here let's 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 make this be focused on uh humanitarian aid and and the folks of 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 Gaza no let's not it's but that's that's the convenience that they have on the left is they're able to just flip the script and do whatever they want. Tell tell people what the, the the new version of the story is, the new version of history is. To your point, Tom, it's that that's that's the benefits of being on the left. Yeah, I just got this alert on my citizens app from Maine. Law enforcement. Oh, sorry, it went away. Let me get uh, let me get it back up. It says law enforcement be, can, can be heard saying, come out with your hands up as they surround the alleged mass shooters residence in Bowden, Bowden, Maine. OK, and I'm seeing something on on the screen here that says shooter found dead. I don't know. What did I? <laughs> you said it. You the, called it. The, these things always seem to be get, get tied up into a nice little bow. You never see a family member or friend coming out. It's saying, you know, the the person's name. You need to turn yourself in. We'll get you the help that you need. Just please. You've done enough damage. You never hear that from anyone. It's like these these people don't exist. They're like ghosts. Yeah, they they are. I I, I don't know. The, I don't know if that was a different story or something else. I see law enforcement outside of a facility on this screen over here. They're showing pictures of him, but not the the Chiron still says manhunt underway. Isn't it weird too that with all of these shootings that the FBI had knowledge of these people, the only images that we get are like a weird like driver's license photo from like 20 years ago. And then, like, these grainy security cam images when everybody has, like, you know, 4K, 5K, high-def monitor or high-def cameras everywhere. And it's all of a sudden, it's like, well, here's this where the guy, yeah, I guess if I squint, it kind of looks like that guy in, in that, you know, driver's license photo. But, <laughs> okay, if you're telling me that, I believe it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm seeing the same thing I think you saw here to come out with your hands up. Um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll, if, if something new pops, we'll, we'll go to it. For now, let's get a little bit more casual. We'll get a little bit more casual, and we're going to do, since we've got lots of segments still, we've got pick six with Nate the Juggalo that's coming up. That's new. Uh, got someone coming on to talk some sports stuff this week, some sports betting. we got Welcome to Absurdia coming up. And right now we're going to do That's Memetastic. That's, That's meme-tastic. meme-tastic. That's meme-tastic. 
We should do that one more time. All right, let's have some fun. Let's let's do something a little different. Well, there's a manhunt underway, possibly a dead shooter. Of course, and I guarantee you, I'm sorry, but I can't, I, I know that I keep going back to this, but when the FBI's involved with something like this, and they are surrounding a house, and the FBI's HR team arrives there, that person is not coming out alive. Go ahead and check the records and how many times FBI HRT has been assigned to get somebody out <laughs> and that person comes out alive. I think they they have the perfect record, 100% record of that person always being deceased at their own hands or the hands of HRT. I feel like me doing just kind of a recollection in my head, that checks out. <laughs> now, I'm not saying, you know, like local FBI SWAT teams, that's a different story. That's like a 70% chance that you're gonna come out alive. HRT is pretty much a hundred percent. By the way, just to get one other thing in there that's kind of serious and depressing, uh, at a UN meeting, one of the most worthless organizations on the planet, Iran warns that U.S. will not be spared if the war in Gaza continues. So that's great. Merry Christmas, early folks. Gonna... Guess what? We just Iran's going. Guess what, motherfuckers? We just sent you two million Iranian troops. Yep. <laughs> They're there. All right, let's move on to some memes. Let's move on to some memes. We got uh, a pretty poorly photoshopped image here, but we got... What, you mean that's not real? <laughs> we got Barack wearing a shirt saying, I'm peace, and then Michelle wearing a shirt that says, I come in peace. Mm. <laughs> Dirty. That's just it's a naughty one. Uh, we've seen some funny Wheel of Fortune ones over, over the years. Obviously... Um, this could go one of two ways. We've got Palestine spelled out on the bottom and then F with three blank letters afterwards. So you got two choices. You probably have more than two. Well, free, of course. You've got free, of course, yeah. or, or, or just, I guess, fuck Palestine. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the other one. <laughs> yeah. That's the other one. I think most people in the world are on... Would have the latter. The latter, yeah, yeah. That's that's their view. Um, again, I'm sure there's a couple people from, from there that are good. But uh, here's another one. We've got this battle going on, Iron Dome and Rockets. My tax dollars, somehow also my tax dollars. <laughs> Both sides, <laughs> yep. That's pretty damn accurate right there. One, The one on the left is humanitarian aid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so serious, also funny, and not funny at the same time. Uh, so I, I thought this one was just kind of clever. Maturing is realizing you don't need fun to have alcohol. Kind of the opposite of, of what the saying normally is. Yeah. Maybe kind of depressing, too. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, really, we, we've talked about it before. No good story ever starts, so I was eating a salad. Right. It, exactly. <laughs> yes. There, there I was. Um there's been lots of talk about, you know, all these, the LGBTQ community coming out for Palestine. You got to sign up top queers for Palestine, uh, not understanding how things are in Palestine <laughs> or that part of the world and how they would be received. And then just to mock it below, you've got a young black male holding a sign blacks for KKK. Cause that's how absurd it is. Yeah. These people like, we're going to, we want to have a March for them. Bitch. You, you, do you know what would happen to you over there? 
No, they don't. They have no idea because they just see the world as black and white, as between the um, oppressor victim. Right. And so they think everybody they define as victims has, shares the same commonality as every other aggrieved group or marginalized group. And they have no idea that there are fractions within these aggrieved groups where yeah. if you if you believe the Palestinians are marginalized and there's an apartheid state that they live in, they're not on your side if you think you're living that same way. If you go there and they say, hey, come up to you know my condo. I want to show you the view of the city. Don't go. Don't go. Well, I know we've hit on it multiple times, but the most perfect example is that Minnesota chick who supported Palestine and then was murdered by Hamas. That's how it goes. You, you, you folks in the alphabet letter soup community who think that you support and stand with them, that's cool. Make the coolest poster board you can think. Put glitter, all sorts of other shit on there. And then as soon as you get over there, they're going to rip it out of your hands, rape you, and behead you. And they, they won't thank you. I don't even think they'll enjoy it. It's just, it's just, it's just what's going to happen. But you're that dumb that you can't figure it out. Uh, HMM uh, WV driver, uh, you, send, you can send it to producer at redbeachmedia.com. I'll put it in here for you. Feeling kind. There we go. Uh, I spelled it wrong. I'm putting it in here now. There you go. You can send it there. Um, okay, so we all know the stories about goats in the Middle East and, and what males do to them. What, you mean like putting their hind legs in a pair of like those Wellington boots and then pulling your pants down and leading the goat to the edge of like a lake where all the mud is? And they keep backing up because of the mud. They don't want to get stuck in it. Yeah, just like that. That's okay. exactly it. Okay. How did you know I was going to say that? I <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's lots of um, well-informed descriptions and stories about males having their way with goats. So here's a meme that's been circulating today. We've got a goat with an atomic bomb in it. Uh, and... The trigger is just down the, the, the colon line there, if you will. So you you have your way with a goat, and then you're, you're done. It's an interesting thought. Uh. We could drop them in. Why are the Americans dropping goats? <laughs> Humanitarian aid. Yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, one of the thoughts forever overseas was instead of dropping leaflets and whatnot, let's just drop copious amounts of like playboys and videos like that off on the corners and just distract the hell out of all of them yeah you got oh, a terrorist yeah. who's walking by with his gun like it's like oh. that dude in die hard who sees the candy bars and he's like i shouldn't i'm not going to okay i will <laughs> like <laughs> yeah well so so this next one needs to be teed up okay so you know how everything can be racist nowadays especially when it comes to football teams and whatnot okay yeah. But now how AI is so perfect, right? Allegedly, it's perfect. Well, AI was asked to remake football stadiums according to the team names. Do you think this is racist of AI? I love it. No, I think it's a great design. <laughs> it's very fitting. I think it's freaking fantastic. <laughs> it should be there. By the way, I for a while, you know, we were trying to um, use the goods of AI I, I hate it. I have lots of concerns about it. I'm very vocal about my concerns of AI. But there's some things that's like, okay, let's try this. If this makes anything simpler, more automated, just for doing some show prep kind of stuff, we'll, we'll try it. 
it stopped giving me any help. I'm sorry, I can't help with this. I'm sorry, I can't provide a description for that. It's just as totally turned on me. It's basically said, you're an awful fascist Nazi. Uh, I refuse to help you anymore without saying it that way. So I just went ahead and canceled the subscription I had to it. It's like, okay, well, you're, you are no good to me anymore. You weren't really great to me in the first place, but you were doing what I asked you to do before. Now you're not. Okay, so now this is fantastic. Not only have you had human beings at YouTube turn on you, human beings at Facebook turn on you, human beings at X turn on you. Now you're having robots yes. turn on you. Yes, you don't want to be my friend. I'm t I, I keep trying to tell you this is not going to end well for anyone. And it's and it, like I try rewording things like, OK, maybe I'll take the sentence out. Maybe this sentence is offending the robots. Take it out. I'm sorry. I cannot help with that. And then sometimes it'll try and correct me like, all right, screw, screw the digital universe. I don't even know why I do this job anymore. I, lo I love what we do and I love the audience. That's the only reason everyone else just is committed to making sure nothing ever works anymore. Um, <clears throat> here we go. We got AOC. The only waitress in history who brings nothing to the table. That's probably true. I, but she brings her good looks. Is she, is she with child? I think she might be. I think she might be. And does she consider it a baby? Well, yeah. And is she going to breastfeed or chest feed? Or she, she's probably a formula person. Not knocking that if that's what worked for you. But, but she's probably not going to do either of those. Judging by the looks of her old man, he could probably chest feed. He probably could, as one of the birthing parents. Yes. Yeah, makes makes total sense. We got uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo taking the mask off. Obama's mask comes off, and it's it's Biden under there. Or excuse me, it's Obama under there. Uh, I said that wrong. It's Biden's mask coming off. It's Obama under there. And, of course, saying, and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. Yes. All right. Every Generation X kid watching the news right now, hell yeah. We got a picture of Red Dawn. We got a Red Dawn poster over there. You can't really see it. It's in the far corner and my arm's off the screen. It's the furthest one over. But every once in a while, we just yell Wolverines just because. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Here we go. The Hamas caucus. AOC, Ilhan Omar, Presley Tlaib, Jamal Bowman, Corey Bush. Isn't it Caesar. Cesar? Is it Cesar? Whatever. Doesn't matter. Lee, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> such losers. Such hateful people. What they are. Uh, okay, what else we got? Four years, zero wars. True. If he gets in, he's going to start so many wars. We're going to be in World War Three. We're going to... None of it happened. <laughs> None of it happened. Um, <laughs> Brittany, the photo they used in the newspaper. Gosh, she was cute back in the day. What's your body camera American. saw? Yeah. Yeah. What does her shirt say? Valley View T-ball something? So, yeah. Okay. Bidenomics. Definition, noun, the rise of uh, the rising cost of voting stupid. Yes, that's true. That's true. Fair point. <clears throat> we got, got a nurse giving a shot. What variant does this 
protect me against? You're actually helping transgender Ukrainians fight global warming. I can see, I can see that lineage. I can see that making sense. Gosh, I haven't seen Dr. Evil in a while. From now on, money laundering will be called foreign aid. That's been true for a long time. Man, it's happening so much right now. The amount of foreign aid, humanitarian aid that's going on and is about to increase is just so... You think Bidenomics is bad now. You think your dollar's not worth much right now. Just wait. Dear God, it's going to be... It's not going to be good. Over the course of your career, how much foreign aid have you given out? Lots. (laughs) Lots. Millions upon millions upon millions. Big stacks. <laughs> really hard, really hard to not be like, are they going to miss this? <laughs> yeah, I think 3.2 was the most I ever passed in one, like, tea session. <laughs> that was a lot. It's a, you know what's surprising, though, is $3.2 million doesn't look like that much just in a, in a, in a stack. Well, it does, it does to us, but it doesn't look... It's not like you're in Richie Rich's vault. Right. Like seeing it floor to ceiling. You're like, that's it? That's all it is? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> your pucker factor driving around a war zone with that in the car definitely is up. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Um, <clears throat> okay, we got another one. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a things aren't adding up, and it's pretty obvious theorist. Yes. Truth. That's how I live my life. You know, I was just having a, a discussion with my friend Jeff, who's in studio, and we were talking about conspiracy theories, and he's like, yes, I'm a conspiracy. I believe all of all, everything you tell me is a conspiracy theory. I believe it, and I agree with him because things just don't add up the way that the government and the media want you to think it is. Well, and all of the—I mean, yes, and then and all the things that they call that end up being proven true. I mean, it's like—I <laughs> mean, you see all the lists on, on social media— and it's like, here are the 27 things that most recently were called conspiracy theories that are all now true and proven true, and many of which are being reported as true. They won't say we were wrong, but they'll just report it. It's, 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 it really is astounding. Now, there's still some crazy-ass shit out there. But I mean, depending, I mean, how do you define crazy? <laughs> Are we talk are we are we gonna really go down the, the flat earth thing? Again? No, we're not. <laughs> because I'll be glad to. <laughs> let's let's avoid flat earth for tonight. Okay. We'll table it. We'll table it for tonight, another night. Uh wink wink. Um someone sent this one in. Uh my generation had Wonder Woman. Your generation has wonder if it's a woman. Very true. There's Leah Thomas and his schlong. Also, this one sent in. I don't remember who this was from, so I apologize. Um, but we have white men are the problem in America. Then why are you trying so hard to look like one? Uh, I like that. Right. Now, here's a, I have a question, and this is serious. I thought that Rachel Maddow was leaving MSNBC, her, her nightly anchor spot, and then she's been back for a while. Was it just a temporary leave? I thought she was signed, signed, excuse, easy for me to say. I thought she signed some sort of a deal where she only worked one night a week. Mm. But I don't know. I, I, I don't, weirdly enough, I don't watch her. You don't say. (laughs) You don't say. That'd be good because, you know, you'd be miserable right now missing it uh, with these new hours that we've got working around here. Uh, Liz Cheney has been eating and drinking heavily since her defeat. You can see a before and after picture. Uh, I can see it. 
You got Liz Cheney, Wyoming on the left. You got Rachel Levine. What's his real name again? Richard. Richard. Richard Levine on the right. I I really, I try to avoid unless they're, you know, big time public figures, Chris Christie, people like that, a, a cast member of The View to not go after people. That is one of the ugliest motherfuckers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Which one? Levine. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liz, whatever. She's fine. She looks like an old white conservative woman. Yeah. The other, the other thing. That's that's hard to that's hard to look Pretty at. Pretty gruesome. Yeah. That's just hard. How many more we got, Disco? Sixteen. Okay. Looks like we got about four. Five. Five. We got five. If Build Back Better was toilet paper, I feel like we've maybe done this one before, but basically you just got a cheese grater. On a roll. On a roll. That's kind of how it feels after eating the wings that Tom orders every other night. <laughs> Have you seen Human Centipede 2? No, stop uh, okay. it. <laughs> no, I haven't. No one Google that. No one Google the original. Or Is there really a sequel? Yes. Oh, my there's gosh. There's two sequels. No, that's, yeah. that's terrible. It's terrible for humanity. It's a classic film. <laughs> in in the eyes in in Tom Cunningham's eyes, it is it in the in that category. Uh, people are like Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Human Centipede. Uh, okay, we you're not making music any better. You're making football much worse. True, true statement. True statement. I put that in just for you. I love it. <laughs> Okay, I like this. I had to think about it for a second. You've got a dude who's representing Europe with a noose around his neck tied to a small tree, which is representing Islam. And the dude from Europe is watering the tree, which will then, of course, grow and hang him. Makes sense. I love I love current. I love this era of life where we're living, where there's just global war on the horizon. Everyone hates each other. And it seems like there's going to be some serious stuff clacking off here in the United States of America soon, too. It's a great time to be alive. It is. Our government's literally representing what the forefathers warned against. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really it's, exciting. It is that. It is that. Uh, we, so speaking of war, we've got the four horsemen, I guess. The apocalypse. The apocalypse uh, representing war, famine, pestilence, death. And then asking, and you are? Propaganda says the other one. Okay. Pretty good. Last one. <laughs> Last one. We got two astronauts in space. One's got a nice, it looks like it's like a white, a white firearm. Wait, America's funding both sides of another foreign war, and then you got the person <laughs> shooting him always has been. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, that was, you know, I feel like there's been more uplifting meme-tastics. I feel like there was some funny stuff in there, but it also highlights just the depths of where we are right now. I know. we got It went kind of dark toward the end. Toward the end a little and bit. I have my... What was your favorite one? Uh, the the Islam one was pretty good with that was... the Europe because it, I like memes that, like, takes you a second, and then you're like... I like memes that are like hand grenades, like memes like jokes that are like hand grenades, where you pull the pin, you drop it, and then you wait, and you're like, oh, oh okay. Yes. 
And to me, that one was kind of like that. I also like the Taylor Swift one because of how much I talk about Taylor Swift to you. You do. Your reaction every time is, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is. I'm so sick of it. Barb says Tom watches way too many movies. Ting, human centipede, do I really want to punish myself, Tom? No, Ting. <laughs> Ting, you're better than that. You, you, you deserve better. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to try a new segment. We've got a brief new segment, and then we've got a return to another new segment with Welcome to Absurdia. So I know there's some sports stuff coming up that some of you may gloss over. That's fine. Uh, we hope you enjoy it, but but we've got that, and then and then we're going to go back to Absurdia, where, of course, Tom is the mayor, and we're going to see whatever the hell he throws our way collectively. Uh, I have no idea what he's going to do. So we'll talk about that right after this break. Stick around. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled, it won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared, this may catch many off guard. Your hard earned assets are in jeopardy, but there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. My towels solve the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Get more of Drew, the crew, and this is my show with Coin Club, exclusively on the RVM Network. Coin Club members get a This Is My Show challenge point. Access to Booze and Banter, an exclusive tailgate show for Coin Club members only, right before This Is My Show. Plus, automatic entry into show-related sweepstakes and other in-studio bonuses. And don't forget, members get access to all other premium content on the RVM Network. So join the club and carry your coin with pride. 
All members now receive commemorative challenge coins. Military and first responders get 30% off their memberships. So sign up at dbcoinclub.com. Again, that's dbcoinclub.com. All right, folks, welcome back. Third hour. Here we go. <laughs> Staying salty. Damn it, I want to be first lady of something. Tom's a mayor. Jeez. <laughs> also says that movie freaks me out, talking about human centipede. Uh, Barb, have a great night. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to do some different stuff here. We're going to just, we're, we're tinkering. It's a variety show. It's a variety show. We just did memes. Now we're going to do sports. Then we're going to go to Absurdia. Whatever the hell else happens, we'll just see. But <clears throat> we're going to bring someone on here in a second. Um, because this next segment, we're introducing you to someone. And introducing you to a new topic. This is Pick 6 with Nate the Juggalo. Nate, my brother, welcome in. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for coming. We're excited to talk about this. So what we're doing yeah. here, folks, is you know I like sports. You know we talk about sports sometimes. You know that sometimes, or I know that sometimes you don't like it. That's okay. But we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it in a different sense here. So some of you guys need to make some extra money. Uh. Bidenomics sucks. <laughs> we're getting our asses kicked. So let's turn, let's turn you into a gambler. Let's turn you into a gambler or don't, whatever. But, but some of you care a lot about this. And some of you get into the games, you get into the lines, you get into all of that. So <clears throat> we brought on Nate the Juggalo to give us his picks on a couple key things. Pick six. You can imagine we've got six picks. We've actually got something in store for you after that. But here are the six that we're going to go through. And we'll go one by one. So let's pop this up here, Disco. Here are the picks this week. And I got to be honest, is it yeah. Nganu? Nganu, yes. Nganu. So we yeah. got Nganu versus Fury. Nate, I hand it to you. What are you looking for? What's the, what's, what's the line? What are you looking for? Uh, you know, in these uh, kind of boxing spectacles, you know, the boxer is always the heavy favorite. So if you're just betting on Fury, who's the heavy favorite, you're not going to make a lot of money, but, you know, there's certain lines in there. You find certain prop bets, and, you know, you can make a little more. So um, I kind of like the over four and a half rounds, if you can find it. Some places are doing five and a half rounds, but at first I was thinking four myself, but I think it's going to last a little longer than people think. But this fight should definitely end early. I mean, Tyson Fury dismantled Deontay Wilder, 
you know, the other probably number two heavyweight in the world, number three. So it's tough to imagine a guy who hasn't boxed, even though Ghana is a tough dude with a you know big fighting pedigree. It's like tough to imagine him lasting the full twelve. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree. And just side point, I, I, Fury is an interesting fella. I mean that that yeah. goes without saying. But like he, he's a showman. He's a showman, but he also like I don't feel like he looks impressive. No, he just he uh, kind of yeah. looks gooey to me. Yeah, like just a yeah. tall, gooey mess who will whoop your ass. Right. But <laughs> but you look at him, you're like, he's not that tough. And then you see him, you're like, all right, yeah, never mind, he's tough. No, he's he's yeah. No, say um, you know, and that's part of what gives him his advantage is he's so big, you know, like, you know, Wilder's a huge guy and he just towered over him. That's why they're talking about Fury versus Usyk is supposed to happen only in a few months, I think. Wow. And um unless that was just a prop line to head up. But, you know, Usyk's a shorter guy, so it's going to be interesting to see this short guy try and take down Fury, who's just this massive, tall dude with a lot of weight. He's It's like it already gives him the advantage in the ring. So recap, you're saying you're saying over or under four and a half, five? Yeah, over f- over four and a half. The five and a half, you're on your own. I'd probably, I'd probably still go over five and a half. But you can also find um, groupings where you can kind of take more than one round at a time. Sometimes they'll give you one through five and then six through ten. Other times it'll be like, you know, rounds one one and two, three and four, and then five and six. So you still kind of have to make that deciding factor. But, you know, definitely thinking over four. So you could take a five-six grouping and then you get the sixth round as well. And you get the whole fifth round instead of just half of it. Okay. All right. So there's, that's you know that's something to look at. There's there's the look at that fight in Gano versus Fury. Pick number two. We got the World Series starting. We got the Rangers. We got the D-backs. What are you going with? Ah, uh, you know I want to take the favorite here. Um, I like the I like betting the spread. Um, the series spread. So Rangers win by at least a game and a half. Uh, you know the. Diamondbacks caught a little heat there to beat, put away the Phillies. It's like, I don't know if they can keep a wave like that up going through a whole World Series. And the Rangers really screwed me on some bets at uh, the end of the season there by not winning that division. Somehow they let that slip. So it's really hard for me to put faith in them, but like they've just got so much power batters. And then Arizona's got a decent pitching staff. Zach Gallon's really good, but like he can be hit. And I just feel like, yeah, Rangers got enough power to pull it out. Okay. Let's stay World Series. Let's go pick three here. Rangers money line. Talk to me. Okay. I like, um, yeah, I like the money line for the first game there. Uh, You know, at home, they didn't, I don't know if you knew the storyline, but the whole regular season and for the playoff series for Houston versus Texas, neither one of them won a game at home. So... Yeah, Texas hasn't won a game at home since their last series. So I just feel like they're due, right? They got they got to win at home at some time. Having lost, I believe, three there straight now, maybe four. Like, yeah, I feel like something's got to give. And, you know, plus they're just kind of the better team. Um, they are facing Zach Gallen, but like I said, he can be touched up. Yeah. So, so I'm taking them for the money line to open up the series. Well, and I think you're right earlier, too. I mean, the, the D-backs got really hot 
So either they stay really yeah. hot and this becomes magic for them, or or, or things kind of go back series. to normal. Yeah, but they've always they've been kind of streaky all season, and you know it doesn't last forever. Yeah, nothing does. Nothing does. All right, yeah. let's go back to the picks here. Pick number four. We got Monday Night Football. Obviously, several days away here. What you looking yeah. at? Yeah. Uh, I, I like the Lions to cover the spread here. I believe it's at uh, eight and a half. Let me check here. Yeah, eight and a half points. Um, the Lions love to beat up on bad teams, and then everybody talks about how the Lions have changed, and they're not those really crappy Lions that have existed my whole life. And, you know, everything's different now because they smashed one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they love to do it, too, and they'll just run the score up. And the Raiders just, you know, they just got tuned up by the Bears about to, like, 32-and-30-some points. Uh, the, you know, they're not good. I believe they're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo back, but they weren't that good when they had him. He hasn't played now in three or four weeks, and who knows how healthy he really is because their two backup options haven't been great. So it's not far-fetched to think that they're, they could rush him back. And so, you know, if he's even 100% healthy – that team hasn't been good. And the Lions are a fairly good team, but they don't play conservatively. They like to just pound it, you know? Yeah. Well, they, they, there's no two ways about it. They're much better than they've been. Um, how real are they? I guess we'll find out down the stretch here. Okay, exactly. we've got that. NBA season back in, in swing uh, yeah, now. I'm not a huge fan of NBA, but I but I, I know people are tracking it. I know people are betting on it. you got Bucks versus Blazers. How are yeah. you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's only two games uh, tonight. And uh, I'm going to take the Bucks to cover the spread here because the Sixers are a team in disarray. Um, they got, you know, James Harden, that whole fiasco. I don't know if you heard, but apparently he showed up and was not allowed on the plane by team security. So, I didn't hear that. You know, there's, yeah, I think that just came out today because it was, you know, going into it was that he was going to travel with them and he was going to play. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, he's not going to play. Oh, he's not even with the team. And now it was like team security wouldn't even let him on the plane. So there's just a lot of bad vibes there. And without him, the Sixers, like their only true star is MB. They've got a few other great players, but he's the only star. Milwaukee with the Dame Lillard, Giannis team up now, it's going to be a two-headed monster there. And they're at home. They're just going to go ham on him, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sixth pick. Eagles playing the Redskins, which we still call them around here. Eagles, Washington. How are you going? Uh, I'm going Eagles here. Um, you know, the Eagles have been winning by double digits against good teams. And Washington, you know, it's always risky betting on division games, I feel like. But, you know, we've seen Washington. They've got a pretty good defense. They can carry them in, against some lesser teams. But not against the Eagles. These the Eagles also have a great defense, so whatever points they get are going to put them up because it's tough to picture Sam Howell scored on this defense. But you know they'll you know they'll probably put up a few points, but I just still think that you know the Eagles just take it to them all game. Yeah, easy win by uh, double digits. By the way, it sounds like as the trade deadline's coming up here that the the this Washington Commanders, such a gay name, uh, they might dump some of their. Uh, key defensive players we'll see if that happens too which will be interesting to watch okay good pick there yeah. we've got one more we're going to do something called the extra point yeah yeah so all right extra point nba parlay 
Talk about yes. it. All right, get it in early. Get it in early. We're talking parlaying some division winners for the end of the season. Futures bets, baby. My favorite. Well, one of my favorites. Okay. But, um, yeah, you just parlay. Um, take Milwaukee to win their division, Boston to win their division, and Denver to win their division. You're looking at a nice, I believe it's like minus or plus 122 payout or something. Great for that money. Great for those odds. Those teams are great. Even with injuries, they could still win their division because they've got multiple superstars. Um, and then you could also throw the Heat in there, who are in a pretty weak division and, you know, should have a better regular season than last year, I would think. But, okay. you know, def- they made it to the, to the finals, and that will double your pay, more than double it. So depends on how risky you want to go there. I'm probably going to throw the heat in there and get that double. But if you want to play it safe and just stick to a little better than even money, Celtics, Milwaukee, Denver. Parlay those division leaders. Get them in now before they start taking the lead because those odds will come down. And you got to be patient. You got to wait 80 plus games to get <laughs> yeah, there. But I like it. I like the pick it's state. An investment. It is. It's an investment. Well, it makes it fun, right? Because I mean, the, the reason a lot of people get into this and 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 do betting on on sports across the board across all the different leagues is because it, it gets you invested in it literally, but also in terms of. Of watching it puts a little bit something, you know, into the game, into the season, whatever the case might be, season in this one with the NBA parlay. But uh, I love it. We'll have you back. We'll get some more picks from Nate the Juggalo. Nate, we appreciate you stopping by. All right. Thanks, man. Good luck with those bets. All right. Thank you, brother. Be safe. All right, folks. Now it's that time from sports, memes to sports, to absurdia. This is Welcome to Absurdia. The mayor of Absurdia is back, and I'm feeling a bit like a pirate today, Drew. I can see that. I can see that you <laughs> feel very piratey. We, you know, here at Absurdia, I like to take the time to comb the internet to find some of the strangest, most odd people that I can find and bring them to you so I can show you the state of the world and where we're headed. So, Disco, without further ado, Let's see the first video. Oh boy. Happy birthday. I just baked you a wiener cake. Wow. So uh, a wiener cake. I feel like the dude needs some more lines in his song, some additional uh, verses there. I've, I've, but I'll be honest, I've never had a wiener cake. Not sure that I want one. Not, not overly excited about trying it. Is, is, is there a, is it a regular cake base just with a wiener stuck in it? It looks, yeah. Well, you know what? It looks like a slice of bread with like, uh, with like some sort of frosting on it. And some like little sprinkles, but the thing that kind of creeps me out the most is the pot back here with the uh, dog in it. 
You see that? Oh, no, I didn't see that. <laughs> and, of course, you have the, <laughs> the ventriloquist dummy. Anytime that you have a ventriloquist dummy with anything that you're doing, it, it ups the creep factor. Is and this... That this is your friend. Like, you, you know this person, don't you? <laughs> no, but I feel like I need to be in his orbit somehow. <laughs> I, I feel so like... One of the too. questions that we should do for a question of the day that I've asked just about every female in my life, would you rather date somebody who can ride a uni unicycle or a ventriloquist? Ooh. Yeah, well, I, I guess I'll wait. Maybe we make that a question <laughs> of the day, and, and I won't give you my answer yet. So we have Mr. Wiener Cake Guy. He's got other videos out there that pop up every so often, and they always involve the ventriloquist dummy and a hot dog. But his whole ensemble here, I'm not sure I quite get. The wig is real nice, but he's got this sort of, like, low-cut blouse that he's wearing. Mm. But it kind of blends in with, like, his skin tone, so I'm not quite sure what he's going for. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not quite sure what he's going for with any of it. Uh, but, I mean, we are in absurdia, so so that's, that's, what's, that's what's happening here. Okay? All right, let's see the next one, Disco. If Oak had been born a girl, his name would probably be Sunday. I know some other influencers have used it recently, but that's not a good enough reason to not use a name. If our third's a girl. Okay. What happened with that one? Was if that the... Oak had been born a girl, his name would probably be Sunday. I know some other influencers have used it recently, but that's not a good enough reason to not use a name. If our third's a girl, she'll probably be named Sunday. Love the name Arbor, and I would probably use that as a middle name, Sunday Arbor. Pepper, oh, Pepper was up there. Think about the nickname Pepperoncini when they're a baby. <laughs> I love Kit, solely for the nickname Kit Kat. About Time's our favorite movie, and it's the sister's name, and we just love it. Other boy names, we really only had two other boy names that were contenders. The neck and neck one was Fox. Fox is so good. And what I like about it is you know exactly what they said as soon as they said it. My husband being named Gray, people always think he's saying Craig on the phone. And so he has to say Gray, like the color. And he might have to have, repeat his name some, but I just loved Oak so much. And the other boy contender was Penn. I just think it's cool. Penn Edwards, I think it's cool. I let my husband believe that Fern was on the shortlist for a girl. Loved Ruby. Loved Margot. Oh my God. I wish everyone wasn't naming their baby Margot because I love it so much. I honestly might still use it. Bex for a boy or Beck for a girl. I really like. But in the end, we got our little Ocus Pocus. Good luck to everybody naming babies. I know it's hard out here, but you're gonna find something that's gonna be the, your perfect vibe. And give it a couple days, you know? We had to introduce him a few times before it was like, okay, yeah, that's... <laughs> this woman, <laughs> this chick is, she is the quintessential person that I hate everything about. <laughs> the way the cadence in her voice, the choice in names, what do you think about those names, Drew? I mean, I, first of all, I don't understand what the sunglasses are that are just floating. Is that just like something she put on her TikTok or something? That's so part of my branding, Drew. Okay. All right. Um, I, the names are all awful. <laughs> I mean, there's literally, I, I can't think of one that she listed for either a boy or a girl that is socially acceptable. I, I mean, it is socially acceptable in this broken ass world that we live in now, but none of them... None of them are okay in my book. Pepperoncini's not okay with you. Pepperoncini. <laughs> Kit Kat. I love how just so... 
Uh, you know what? And it's just so great. You know, if you, uh, being an influencer myself, even though other people are going in, in Margo, oh my God, if, if I just love the name Margo, and it doesn't matter, gang, if everyone's naming somebody Margo, don't worry about it. That whole that whole cadence with her voice yeah. is enough to make me want to vomit. No, it is. And I love the one reasoning, too. If I want, you know, son or daughter to be able to answer the phone and say the name or, or call and say the name and have people not question what it is, like, because they can't hear it. Okay, maybe they can hear what Oak or Fox is right away, but they're still going to say, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Like, you're still... you're. <laughs> The conversation's not going to speed along. It's either going to be they said your name wrong or they're asking why on earth you're named Fox or Tree or Penis or any of the... the th I don't think she had penis in there. But who identifies himself when they call in this day and age because everyone's names pop up on the phone? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, I do not... You know what pisses me off, too, by the way? is in, And you'll have friends do it, too, friend, whatever, is everyone's names on the phone... And then you call them, and they're like, hello? They're like, you, you mean like, hey, bro, or hey, hey, Drew, what's up? You know who's calling. Like, stop acting surprised. Like, who could this be? Yeah. It, no. just, it just showed the name. It might have, if you're super into, like, phones and stuff, it might show the picture, too. Yeah. Yeah, you get that, hello? Hey, He Phil. needs her uterus removed. Sorry. It, it's Tom. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know it was you because I have caller ID. Then why didn't you say my name when you answered the phone? Right. Things I think things would have been much better if Edison would have gotten his way and convinced Alexander Graham Bell instead of when the phone rings and you pick it up and you say hello, you say hoy hoy. Hoy hoy. That was going to be the original greeting was hoy hoy. That's what, that's what Edison wanted. All right, Disco, let's see the next one. Can we can we zoom in and see the start of that again? Disco, I picked this one out just for you, buddy. Okay, so they've got that gel on there. His face is on fire. Onto the coffee table, and then everyone's trying to blow it up. Is that what? Was that the booze? But they had other fluid on there that they get it thrown on there instead onto the flames instead of just blowing it out. I love it. Hey, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's well. This is a good example of why women live longer than men. Yes. Well, and it's also a good example of why our country's falling into <laughs> communism and the empire that was once the greatest ever is getting closer and closer to falling uh, because our younger generations are failing. Not to say that we all haven't done stupid stuff, but this is this is probably one of countless stupid things they did that day. Yeah. So, Tom, why did you pick this one out for me? This one? Oh, just because to me, there was, this was the most broy one that I could find. <laughs> and I don't know why, because you're totally not broy, but I was just looking at this entire environment and I was like, oh my God, Disco is going to love this because how <laughs> moronic these fools are.
<laughs> See, the thing is, is that's the stuff I would always be like, hey, guys, you should try this out. But I wouldn't be the one doing it because I know what would happen. <laughs> you're, sitting, you're sitting back with the phone. Okay, yeah. and go. <laughs> Guarantee you that kid's name's Preston, and the other one in there is like Cameron and, and Bishop and yeah. Doyle. <laughs> All right, Disco, what's next? No. <laughs> Drew, look closer. Performance art, Drew. noise is it raining well i think it, it's the uh it's the, the thing dragging yeah the dragging of the visqueen so of course we've got performance art here where we have a guy who is in this weird sort of u-shaped position wearing heels and what looks to be leg warmers with a can lit candle in his butthole while he's being dragged around by his arms what looks to be two males dressed as females this is art, Drew. We're yeah. Is that going to be the opening act for our road shows now? <laughs> yes. Yes, when we come to um, theaters near you, uh, please be ready for our pre-show. That's our, yeah, that's our opening act, Disco. I think you nailed it. <clears throat> See, the thing that gets me with, with art perform performance art like this is you have to get funding for this. And then you, not only you have to get the funding, but you have to sit in on a pitch meeting and, tell, and sit across from somebody and say, okay, Here's what I've got. See this body here? I'm going to be put into some kind of a bondage gear with ropes. I'm going to get in a U position, and I'm going to take a candle and put it in my butthole lit, and then I'm going to be dragged around on wet visqueen. And what I'm trying to say is that the earth is unfair, and there's so much systemic racism going on that we need to shed our bodies of our gender identities. And with the light of the candle in my butthole, the rest of the masses will be free. So that's the type of shit that you would have to say in order for somebody to go, you know what? I see your vision. Let me open up the checkbook. And uh, what do you say? Uh, 15, 20 grand? Let's do 20 grand. Here you go. Just because I like you. And that's how that's done. And that's why we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Disco, what's the next one? Oh, this is back. I love these. so much harder nowadays that breach the field these uh field stormers i guess is what they're being called right now yeah did you see the hit that was laid on this he kid? got speared yeah look look at this boom <laughs> that's phenomenal here's my question where are they playing and why is there no one there it looks like warm-ups you know just like it, i think it was like a saturday night game or a thursday night game and it, it well, it's Arrowhead Stadium, right? No, it's Alabama. Oh yeah, so it must be pregame because that stadium's full to the brim, right? Once it's going. And so Disco, let's go ahead and play this again. But after you get speared, slow it down or pause it right here. The dude in the blue shirt <laughs> gets over him, and and starts, starts taunting him. Shit. I love it. <laughs>
I lo- that's one of my favorite parts of this this whole thing. But I'm telling you, the, these dudes who are these uh, field raiders, they're getting punished when they go out. We saw that one guy who came out to propose to his girlfriend get totally annihilated at Dodger Stadium, which was fantastic. That was an awesome, awesome hit that that guy did. It, it was. All right, man. I think we've got a couple more. What's the this, next one? This we got one, one more. This is the this is the last one for All you. All right. Oh boy. just shows you the bad road that we're going down and i also fault you know i fault the people at the rams for letting this go on it's just you know i sound like an old fuddy-duddy but i think that there has to be some sort of you know uh, social baseline for for all of us this kind of behavior is totally fine if you're in a strip club you know right totally but but being in public where people are bringing their families to come enjoy the game all you're all you're saying to everybody there is I am so self-centered and I'm so self-involved that I don't give a shit about anybody else because this is me and everybody circles around me because I'm in a position where I have more money than you and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. No, it well and 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 that particular scene, all the things you just talked about this is in public. There's families there. There's kids there. But literally, I get it. I get that there's some broken-ass people out there who do stuff way differently than, than the rest of us. And But one, you're in the wrong environment. But two, those chicks, including the one who I think was a, a white chick too, right? Right. Literally said, okay, I will – some of them just pulled their, their shorts or pants down, like down to their knees. Some of them like pulled them way down or took them off in public down to a thong like yeah i'll twerk with that and then he's throwing his money like you're like they're so committed to being broken it's kind of remarkable yeah you're totally degrading yourself i mean i really i understand and they're adults they could do whatever they want but when you're in public like that and you choose to go ahead and degrade yourself in front of sixty thousand people that is a line where I don't think the threshold that most people have, that most people have some kind of, you know, self-worth. Obviously, these women don't have any self-worth. And that goes back to, you know, the, the sort of the era that we're living in where it's all about clicks. It's all about being Internet famous and doing whatever it takes, even if that means humiliating yourself and just making, you know, thinking of yourself as a piece of meat and being able to do whatever somebody tells you to do for money. Yeah. I, I, yes. I, I, I kind of want to watch it again, and I kind of don't want to watch it again. All right, let's go ahead and see it. Let's see it again. Because this one chick, like, look at the white chick in the middle. I feel like I'm most, not because of her race, but because of how far, how, how, look at the white chick in the middle. Oh, she's committed. Well, her her underwear isn't all the way down, or her pants, or whatever. But 
you know, the girl the sit, uh, standing next to her with the denim shorts, they're down. I like how Blueface is wearing these late or these uh, surgical gloves as well. But that one girl right there with the white T-shirt, her shorts are totally gone. She's just in her G-string. And that one's pulled her top up, too. Yeah. I mean, this is a scene that you'd see, like, in Cabo on a drunk weekend at Senior Frogs on its spring break. Nothing that you probably want to see at a sporting event. No. Dude, they got to be escorts. <laughs> ah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all escorts to some sort of degree, but I think they probably found him in a strip club and was like, hey, come on down with me to the game. I'm going to have you do a bunch of freaky shit. And we're going to blow up on social media. And they did. I mean, I've seen that clip multiple times. It was everywhere. I've seen a lot of those. I I, I purposely avoided that one. I should have known it was going to be in Welcome to Absurdia. Because I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not pulling it in. But uh, don't you feel like a prude when you're, like, watching this? And you're like, man, this totally isn't appropriate. At least I feel that way. Because I've sort of been one of these fringe dwellers my entire life. And none of this was ever mainstream. But it seems now it's very mainstream, and it's like people like me who are always sort of on the edge of things are kind of like going, this is pretty weird. We should dial it back a little bit because as much as I like to be on the edges of society, I don't think this should be mainstream society. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be. Well, and you can't – look, if if you're a prude – for 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 thinking it's weird to bake a weird cake with a hot dog sticking out of it if you think it's weird or you know you think that yeah if you think it's weird to do what we just saw there for taking your pants off and twerking at a place i mean it's it is it is weird it's like it's like talking to democrats you can't talk to them you can't reason with them on stuff it's like if you guys hate me and you hate us and you hate stuff that we talk about here on the show and you hate the fact that we love god and we love the constitution and we love this country then <clears throat> then hate me by all means hate everything that we're about i i just don't want to be like that period End right of- yeah it, there's a time and place for everything and this clearly isn't the time or place for it like getting back to the prude thing you know if you're gonna dress in leather and get whipped by a bunch of dudes I don't give a shit. You know, if you're at a fetish festival in Belgium, that's totally fine. But if you're in a parade going down the street in downtown Burbank, that's a bit of a problem for me. And I think it should be a bit of a problem for everybody else. I don't think that we, I don't think society actually progresses by flaunting your sexual fetishes in public. And that's where we've sort of have come now sort of have reached in our society of absurdia to this weird sort of okay whatever sexual fetish i have is totally fine and i can do it in public i'd much rather these people blue face and his entourage be like homeboy in his kitchen with the ventriloquist dummy in the hot dog cake (laughs) just keep it inside put it out on social media be fine with it don't let sixty thousand people watch your sexual fetish period Period. All right. Well, thanks for taking us to Absurdia, Tom. Anytime. It's always a fun journey. Never know what you're going to see.
Okay. That was the, the little town just outside of our town <laughs> called Absurdia, where Tom is the mayor. We're trying to just get him to be mayor of, of Jacksonville Beach instead, a little bit more normal town, <laughs> although not a whole lot more normal. <laughs> Jacksonville Beach has got its its quirks, too. Um, but that was that was something. That was something. That's what's out there. It that's is. What are, that's what people are finding to be okay to share with. Hey, this is what I do. I'm going to let my freak flag fly, and this is who I am. Again, I have no problem with people letting their freak flag fly as long as it's in an appropriate place. And, you know, who am I to define what an appropriate place is? But I thought we used to have a social contract with the baseline of – Sexual fetishes in public in front of kids, bad. Yeah. Period. Not a hard thing. <laughs> yeah. We also used to know what genders were, though. I mean, there's so much that's changed. It's all changing so fast. So fast. What happened to keeping something to the imagination, says staying salty? Um, <clears throat> then spices it up a little bit, too. I love leather, but I won't get whipped or spanked at a parade. <laughs> and with that, uh, thanks for sticking around, guys. Thanks for sticking around for welcome to absurdia i agree these people are in for a rude awaken, awaken, awakening on uh come judgment day uh thanks for sticking around for absurdia thanks for uh sticking around for some sports stuff for meme-tastic for all of it the entire show so many of you guys have been here the whole damn time and we appreciate it we see you we recognize you and appreciate the hell out of you hope you have an amazing weekend reminder if you're new here we go monday through thursday 6 to 9 p.m or thereabouts we're a little bit ahead of 9 p.m now but we that those are the days that we go monday through thursday so we're off tomorrow. We'll be back Monday, and we're excited. We're excited. We got Halloween next week. We'll see what that episode's all about. Um, Do you have your costume? I don't. I got to get it. Where are you going? I don't know. I got to figure secret? it out. It's not a secret. I just literally don't know. Would you ever dress in drag? Not anymore. <laughs> I would have. I yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. You know what? Even back in the day where it's sort of socially acceptable, it... I always had a kind of an issue with it. I think it's because I have a lot of British friends and whenever we'd have beers and, you know, hang out, it would always, at least one of them would say, Hey, you know what would be fun if we put on ladies dresses and makeup and put on a show. And I was like, that doesn't sound fun to me, right. but British dudes always want to dress like women and hang out. Remember when Ozzy Osbourne got arrested for peeing on the Alamo well, Sharon had hit all his clothes, so she put on one. He put on one of her dresses and went out drunk and high on cocaine when he in, went to the Alamo, peed on it, and got arrested. I didn't remember that he was dressed as a woman. He wasn't. He just put on one of her dresses. He didn't go like full makeup well, or anything. Okay, like. but you're still wearing a dress. Yes. <laughs> as, as, as a, let's let's not give him a, a break on this one. I think that we can. I think that we can argue it was a different. Uh, it, but does that say? something more about ozzy or sharon the fact that ozzy was able to fit in one of sharon's dresses i don't know there's a lot you can say about both of them <laughs> <laughs> there really is uh, and you still can he, he i saw something the other day he wants to put out more music and the dude just keeps going i don't know how that body is still operating yeah i don't know either i know that he does have parkinson's and from people that i know that are close to the osborne family it's, you know, he's dealing with it, but it's getting progressively worse. But you're absolutely right. You talk about somebody who's, you know, what is Ozzy, what, 75, 76 years old right yeah, now? Yeah, mid-70s, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking somebody for, you know, the good part of 60 years, 
has been an alcoholic, has been a drug addict, has been a total wild man. You know, when he when he first signed the deal, what was it with RCA? And he bit the head off the, the bat. The, no, this was the dove. Oh, the dove. That was the first time. The second time was the bat at the concert. <laughs> you know, you've got him. I'm sure the bat was clean too. Like no issues. <laughs> He's 74. He's 74. He's 74. 74. And then when they were on the Monsters of Rock tour, he was trying to gross out Nicky, Nicky Six, and Motley Crue came out one morning, and there's Ozzy on the ground snorting a line of ants. <laughs> there, was, it was, there was a popsicle stick, and these ants were going toward the popsicle stick, and he's snorting, snorting the ants up. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, folks, other than it's time to go. <laughs> That's rock and roll right there, man. <laughs> it's time to go. Thank you so much for a fun week. Great week. Uh, we're looking forward to next week again. Uh, normal normal for, for the most part for everything. We'll be in the chat Thursday. Thursday night will not be, or excuse me, not Thursday, Tuesday. Um, we'll not be live in the studio at night. We're going we're gonna to have an episode that's new and fresh for you that day and be in the chat for most of it. Um, but we want to spend some time with our kids trick-or-treating and doing that. So hopefully you guys understand that. Uh, but there will be four new fresh shows next week live, uh, live for you guys, new for you guys, and we'll be in studio almost every night for all of them. So hope you have an amazing weekend. Again, thanks for being here. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.